What's happening, people? Welcome to this week's episode of the Indian Dots Podcast. We're joined by a very special guest this week. His name is Dino. He is a mentor and a trainer. He has a wealth of research on personal development and has spent over 10 years in leadership roles. He's also the founder of Ultimate Contribution Uncovered, short, short as UCU, and it is a company that's set up to help others find themselves through self-discovery. So Dino, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing? Thank you both very much for having me. It's a pleasure Anytime, to be here. Buddy. Pleasure to, to meet you for the first time on this um, on this platform. Well, meeting me, life, definitely generally. not definitely yeah. not meeting Goran. Goran told me prior to this call that you're the you're the Morpheus to his life. And I don't know how I feel about that because he's calling himself Neo and that kind of makes yeah. me feel a bit weird because I'm like, you're definitely not the one. So, no? so many no, layers. Is he, I'm is he the two? Or what is I think he? he's just he's the apprentice, one. mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that maybe Lord Sugar, the then? I don't want yeah. to be here you. <laughs> it's less about me, it's more about Dino in that analogy. But uh, look, straight off the bat, man, I'm very excited to be here. This man is very important in my life, and we'll let my listeners know that straight away. Okay. When I was lost, Morpheus, this guy came along, you know that scene where he's like typing on the thing? He's like, you've been looking for me, haven't you? And I was like, yes, you creepy man. I've been been looking for you. My creepy version of Morpheus. (laughs) Um, But actually, Indy, the actual story is we met through Shindy. Shindy is the reason that I met this Mate, your wife, your wife Shindy is your flipping glue to your life, honestly, man. She opened so many doors. She even got us the last last guest in the podcast, Suk, as well. She Mm. had, she was Shindy's connection. Um, I'm telling you, Karen. She's the secret to your life. So just to give you some references, you know, remember I told you I had many, many names. You call me yeah. Jazz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, it's confusing. So my name is two parts. My full this name is... This is like a recurring thing in every week of the podcast I have to do this. So yeah, go on. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting down from it either, yeah? Because I feel like I met you first. Okay. So what down. I call you first should Indy, stick. Indy but doesn't... He won't call me Jazz. He's I'm not calling it. you Jazz, man. I'm not doing the, it. The wrong. only time he calls me Jazz is if, we, if we're at an event, uh, where Indy's my videographer and there's like other white people around and they're referring to me as Jazz. Indy will say it, but I know he feels really awkward when he says it. He'll be like, I'm like Jazz, uh, and he's like, Jazz. <laughs> he, he just can't, he right. can't say it. And it makes you feel a bit icky. It does, it does, yeah. yeah. It's like, right. who is this? Fair enough. So my full name has two parts. Jazz is the first part. Okay. Godin or Karen is the second part. He refers to the latter. That's it. So don't be confused what do you when he says it. You know, it, uh, I know we talk about authentic living and being this one jazz, right? Here we it's go, like, here <laughs> we go. We're already two minutes in, we're talking about authentic living, let's go. All right, you, yeah, think go I, you, you think I talk about authentic living? This is the dude, man. This is the dude I learned it from, right? But uh, <laughs> I think in certain, like definitely medically, professionally, branding-wise, it's all jazz. And then university uh, and below and family, it's, it's all this other name. There's, there are other names as well. Those are just the two common ones. Indy gets quite frustrated that people call me um, Dr. But J. He, all right, here's a genuine question. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that you should be called your full name or do you think you should be called your nickname? Hmm. Is that this like is a thing, just a general like, philosophical question? Because I have this conversation with a lot of people, right? And at work, people call me Indy. But then I'm like, yeah. yo, you have to earn the right to call me Indy. Like, right. if you don't know me, you call me Indie here. Obviously, podcast guests can call me Indie. That's cool because it says Indie okay. Doctor. Thanks. But then I'm like, yeah, yeah hang yeah. on. If you don't know me mm-hmm. um, and you're meeting me for the first time and you're like, what's your nickname? I'm like, no, you can call me my full name. Got you it, earn yeah. the right to my nickname. Yeah, got it. Well, I've got, I've got to say, my wife takes the mick out of me all the time because 
I immediately go to the, the shortened name. So if anyone comes, she goes, oh, it's uh, my friend at work, Megan. She's like doing this and that. I was like, oh, so what did Meg say about that? And she's like, no, I've never called her Meg. Like, or to abbreviate, or to abbreviate. Yeah, abbreviate. Her HR manager's Daniel. And I'm like, oh, so what did Dan say about that? It's like, it's not his name. It's literally What's Danny boy name. said? Tell me about Danny boy, son. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not his name. Daddy boy. Um, but no, I, I, I am... I have a long name, which is Costandinos, and Dino is is my shortened name. So I'd feel a bit weird if everyone was walking around mm. calling me Costandinos, mainly because mm. they probably pr- pronounce it wrong, which which I would do with all. Yeah, both yeah, of your I names. have I have I have that but, same issue. But then I'm like, well, if I can learn how to say somebody's name in a different language as well, they can take the time well, to learn mine. You said nice. that right, yeah, Indy. Challenge for you, mate. Look at Dino's name on Zoom and say his surname. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, man. there you go. It's like my parents try, smashed the try, keyboard. Got- try this one. <laughs> Rakitis. Oh, that's pretty bad. good. That's pretty it's good. It's phonetic. Yeah? It is phonetic. Yeah, so, that, yeah. so you just say it as you see it kind of thing. Try again. <laughs> Rakitis. That's better. No. Yeah, it's just a lot of emphasis Rakitis. on the I there. Rakitis. It's rakit- mm. Yeah, rakitsis. But I guess it's just how you rakitsis. say I, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Rickets, okay. Rickets, there you go, done. That's, that's pretty good, man. For someone who hasn't met Dino, who kind of just says, Dino, and just kind of, you know, I will struggle through it, man. Like, let's go. Let's, I'll struggle let's struggle through, through it. But Indy, well, let, Dino, me, let me return the favor. What was that? So, 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 wait, wait, wait. Sh- oh, God. Dino, remember, I've been teaching you some Punjabi phraseology. Who's the guy who's the billionaire that we've been talking about? The Punjabi oh, yeah. guy. Jojar Dinza. Oh, there we go, man. He's he's got it. All right, right. And which radio Roll station? Which radio station did I go on last week? Punjab Radio. Yeah. Punjab Radio. Yes, yes. Dina, yeah, Dina's got it. Dina's I got accidentally it. called it Punjabi Radio, which of course is <laughs> mate. Terrible. To be fair, I, I that, apologize. That, that's all. that's not terrible. That's like one letter added on the end, and it means <laughs> a similar thing. It's just the language. That's fine. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't do the other way and just call it Pun. That's my normal, normal flavour. <laughs> oh man! So, <coughs> so yeah, let me return the favour. Is it? In, what, what are you saying? What, what was it? In the... so my full name is Indivir, right, right. but the way to say Indivir. it in Punjabi is Indivir, like with the accent. It's Indivir. Vir. Indivir. Indivir. He's got it. He's right, got it, Indivir. man. That's it. He's got it, man. It's easy. And then if you say his, his is Jaskar. That's what his is, man. Jaskar. 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 Oh, hello. No, I'm going to listen no, back to this hundred no. times. Yes. Jaskar. Yes. We're, 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 we're going to have a warrior's name. It like does it. Okay. sounds like a decent name. Together we shall fight Jaskar. <laughs> so the name, the name has a meaning. Do you want to know what the meaning is in the name? Yeah. No. So my name means God's, no, singer of God. That's what it means. Singer and the funny thing is, God. do you know, he can sing. Can he sing? Yeah. He can actually sing. He sang on his can wedding day. Sing? And he sang when he proposed to his missus. What? what? I didn't tell you this. What? Oh, mate, how did he not tell you this? He talks about this all the time. Dino Does sings he? all the time as well. Man, can I just say, like, your beard is, is something special, Indy. I've got to say. Thank like, you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Damn. I have a barber. That's the only reason how it's a barber. Is that what it is? Yeah, literally. It's just what's a barber. His name? It. his name is... What's his name? What's his name? Wait, wait, wait. Tell uh, him the da- full name. <laughs> Damien. His name's Damien. I don't Damn. know his surname. His name is Damien. It starts with a W. Um, genuine <laughs> nice guy. Seriously, man. Really nice guy. He runs Gentleman Barbers in Brindley Place and Harbour. So if you want my barber, you go see him, man. Nice. Nice shout out. 
I didn't do that on purpose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, where were we? Oh yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> sings. He sings. Yeah. That's right. Oh yeah, no, no, that was it. You're right. He sings. Oh, so are you going to give us a little tune then? Yeah, go on, go. On. So when Set he says, I, <clears throat> when he says I sing, he yeah. uh, forgets to mention in a in a religious Romantic. context. No, oh, well, right. uh, that's a secondary <laughs> thing. The pri- the primary singing that I do is with a harmonium. Yeah, which uh, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. I, I don't know if you, you, play you know that? Harmon- you know harmonium is okay cool most people don't know what harmonium is no way. Um, so can you that, play that yeah 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 but that's part of Sikh tradition so we do that as part of our um, our prayers so some of our prayers are said prayers okay. but most of them are sang prayers mm-hmm. it's easier to connect when you sing um, but the two things I have sang Pushindi in front of a lot of people are thinking out loud on Bow Bridge in New York when I proposed that was it was quite scary the, the bow speaker was actually on the bridge and had she like moved the speaker was gone, man. Gone. So that was so trying to control Shindi. And, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then we had this, there was a Chinese lady there who clearly knew what was going on. Yeah. Did she, she have a like, camera out? No, I'm not, oh, that's my, not like... Oh my God, he's doing it. He's just proposing. He's doing it. <laughs> so I, I, know, I, I was like, this, you couldn't have scripted. you're singing as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, you couldn't have scripted this, man. This, this is like perfect. Um, and then brilliant. the other song I sang on our wedding day, Indy was there. He was on one of the main tables. Um yeah, so yeah, I, I will drop some bars when, uh, when we see each other. That is um, cool. You could just do it now. No, I'm going to you... send you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to send you a video. Of, um, so I, I sung cool. uh, yeah at my wife's wedding. Well, wow, that's oh. weird. That's the weirdest way to describe your, wife's your own wedding, wedding isn't it? You were there, were you? Wedding. I was there. I definitely know who picked out everything at your wedding. Then the outfit, yeah. the colours, the flowers, the table, the yeah, set pieces. Okay, Indy, you, you want to get a sense whose wedding that actually was. Yeah. Indy, you want to get a sense of what uh, Dina's wife Haley is like? Shindy. Same. There yeah. is so much. Well, there's, we haven't met each other yet, but there, when we talk, there is so much similarity. So much. Man. So yeah, like control, man. Control is the is is the number one. Is the one. Yeah, come back yeah, to your story. Definitely. So you were at your wife's wedding. So I'm at my wife's wedding, right? Being the husband, <laughs> it's a surreal experience. Um, turns out I'm the groom. And uh, yeah, so for, for the end of my speech, I did like just kind of the surprising. I wanted to do like a bit like a love actually thing. So mm. um, I uh, I got so, like I, I was in a band for, a, for quite a long time. So my friends were there who were also part of the band so i just got each one of them up as the song was progressing um yeah. and i had like backing singers like tr- um, like a quartet like in mm. balloons coming down oh excuse me i'm not sure if i'm allowed to swear by the way but no, I swear as much as you want mate okay, no issues go ahead uh, i apologize for anyone who does get offended because i do swear a bit um, but yeah and <laughs> it it I, <laughs> what's great is that obviously went quite well on the day um but i had the videographer and i said to her look gave us some notice gave a few weeks ahead i said look i've been rehearsing for this for like six months i paid a lot of money i got a composer to bloody compose this track right can you capture wow. it and so 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 it comes to the day and she's like yeah i think i think i got it i think i got it uh, how many weeks later you know how long they take to turn it around yeah, yeah. comes back around and it is the shittest video <laughs> you've ever seen to the point where i was like it's ruined it it's, it's actually ruined what did the whole she do thing. wrong what did she do wrong everything everything what was it out she, of focus was angles, it off center the angles were the angles were terrible she she missed the, the like the entrances for all like the yeah. the musicians and stuff so yeah. it just looked basically just like one shot at the stage with some random people like it just looked like random people were walking on stage and just happened to play the instrument it was just terrible man and, and the sound was appalling 
So, uh, oh, so I've just got an iPhone recording that's actually a lot better. I'll send that okay, to you. That's fine. I thought you were going to say that your voice was appalling, in yeah. which case I'd have been <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, no <laughs> editing's going to fix that, mate. I can maybe add oh, some right. auto-tune on it, yeah, but I could do nothing else for you, son, right? <laughs> the auto-tune, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> Get some T-Pain up in that, that'd be great. <laughs> so but the yeah, song, just you know, goes to show. Did you, you made this song. This song doesn't exist. You didn't cover no, so the song does exist. It's called Bones right. by Josh Record. And okay. it's a really cool track, actually. And it's, it's one of the first songs that we ever, like, connected on. That's right. nice. But there's no musician that really knows it because it's so kind of... I don't know why it's so obscure because it's a really nice track. Um, mm. But, yeah, so he... I got a composer to just compose the strings and the uh, the vocal parts. Because, mm. again, I got some, like, proper singers in and they were like, oh, no, I need some sheet music. You can't just tell me what to sing. Oh, so I had to oh, get some one of them ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, one of them. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, I- I've digressed, guys. Let- let's talk about no, what no, you want to talk about. So, any, tell me about just, you, man. Like, stuff. what's the what's Oh, yeah, the this is the first time that you've met like, me. So, <laughs> so, why did we start this? So, I said to Karen, we need to start a podcast. And he's like, oh, I'm busy, man. I'm busy. No, no, I'm going to do my own <laughs> impression now, Indy. Indy, I'm busy. Okay, I haven't got time for this. I've got, I'm running a medical business. I'm a doctor. Um, also, I've got a wife. Um, I've got properties going on. I'm trying to be a mindset coach. Um, I just need you to be my videographer. That's it. Yeah, nothing else. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's pretty good. Um, and then gave good. it about like a year or so. And then I kept nagging him and I said, look, I'm just going to come to your house. We're just going to sit there. I'm going to get my iPhone. We're going to press record. That's it. He's like, okay, fine. And then we sat there and did it. And then afterwards I said, right, I'm going to release this. And when we release this, we'll then do it like every week. He's like, no, no, no. Every week is too big a commitment. Let's do, let's do once a month. I was like, no. <laughs> so I said, we're doing once a week, mate. It's not that difficult. So got that going, got the ball rolling. And since then, we haven't missed a week, have we, Gary? Been, yeah, been consistent since, since the start of January. <laughs> we haven't. We, we. Both of us. Nice. No, and so- yeah, yeah. Well, what and are you enjoying it now, Jazz? Like, I don't understand how you have the time either. Like, fair play, you squeeze the sip, dude. But what's the like? You've been enjoying it. What, what's the like? The, what's the secret? What do you guys want out of it? He question. wants to make money off it. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he's always thinking about the money thing. I want to just talk to fascinating That's people and just um, and just really enjoy the conversations and learn a little bit more off, off each person. Like, take a little bit from that person, a little bit from this person and just learn why they do things a little bit, but also have fun conversations because at the end of the day, if I'm doing this for free, um, I want to enjoy the conversations I'm having with people that I actually want to talk to. Otherwise, it's just, it's not worth it. Sure. Awesome. And monetize it. That's it. Yeah, everything going to come every, much later on. Much later everything on, yeah. he said, it's not, it's not the primary MO. If it was a primary MO, yeah, I mean, I'd be reaching out to Joe Rogan and be like, dude, let's do this. But I'm here, I'm with Indy, <laughs> my boy, my boy a long time. He knows all my content. They, uh, Dino, I think I've told you this before, um, in my house and when I'm around his missus and obviously Shindy, these guys play this sick game. It is a sick game for clearly mentally affected people called Jazz Bingo, right? So if I'm on Clubhouse, if I'm talking to you, I'm doing something, if those words come up, man, authentic living and be your best, truest, highest self, these guys are like, yep, yep, he said it, he said it again. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. like three in a row. <laughs> bing, 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 I win, I win, I win. Yeah, yeah, literally that. Yeah. Is, that how, is that what you mean by monetize? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, you know. That would be great. Jazz bingo. But, uh, <laughs> Jazz bingo. People Let's are going to start a drinking game this one day, you know. Let's play They're going to start a drinking game. 
Take it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> They're oh, going to start Jay, a drinking let's game. Pick, yeah. Let's pick three words for each of us, okay? So, Jazz, okay. we'll go for authentic. Authentic living. Um, yeah. Authentic living. What else is there? Be your... Uh, be your be, be your truest self. Truest self. Okay. Um, I would say the naked one, but that's only for certain people. The okay. so he'll say he'll say he'll say so you could be naked around your significant other, right? Oh, is it metaphorically okay, naked? Okay, he says yeah, yeah. metaphorically, you, you, and then looks at you and says without the mask naked. and the facade, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. I mean, people. I'm not telling you to get naked. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> yeah. What's the other one he says? What's the other one you say, Karen? Come on, give me something. I say many things. I'm full of wisdom. We could stick with two. Let's do two each. Let's do two each. Right, I'm putting a box. Uh, I'm putting three boxes next to each one of those two. Right. You're up, Indy. Right. For me, it's... Do you know what it is? That, that's what yeah. I say. I say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? And you always ask guests, what is that? That's your favourite quote. Like, what is that? Why? What is that? What is that? Uh, hold, 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 hold up, hold, 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 I don't do it that often. But, um, no, Irish. Irish is his default. I don't know why, but he becomes oh, yeah. Irish. If I, if I what, go into like Irish, you? yeah, I could stay there what, if you want. that accent? Yeah, I could stay there if you want. He, he just That's doesn't get <laughs> We're having like a serious coaching call. and just become Irish. But it makes yeah, him think. He, get, he, he, gets, he gets really creative when he goes Irish. Yeah, that's nice, it's my like creative it. voice. It's like yeah. a Gary Barlow. Except he's more Southern Ireland, isn't he? It's just like Southern Ireland. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, ultimate contribution. You mentioned that quite a bit. <laughs> ultimate contribution. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, what are the words over you? Um, Tell you what I do say a lot is, um, I really want to stop doing that. Every yeah. time I'm in between, I go, uh, I try and stop uh, doing I, that as well. I've because never I'm noticed like, that. I'm just like a stopgap in the sense that fill you should a, use, word. Yeah. You yes. should just stop and you then carry pause. on with the conversation. Pause. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like so, like even now I want to say it, it feels so foreign. It feels like I'm missing a word. Yeah, like, it does. So yeah, uh, let's, let's go with, um, nah, I say so. You said it. Nah. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> Son of a gun. So is one. Yeah. So oh, I think I'm going to be out very quickly, guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think we're going to lose oh, this. Oh, right. You know, oh, okay. I'll tell you what Dino's favorite question is, uh, word is why. He oh, is, yeah. he is the why man. Anytime you read, yeah, Indy, he gives me any feedback here. Yeah? You like, you just you just need to dig more, man. You need to ask why. Just ask you just, why. You just need to ask why. That's the basic thing. You're seeing the patient. Why? Why are you here? Why do you want to get better? There's no reason for you to get better. Just why? 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 Just why? Just away, do an India. Be like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why? Hold on. Why? May, hold on, hold on, may, hold on. may I pause you there? Can I just interject? <laughs> right. <laughs> Point of reference. Right. 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 Imagine if I I'm went swap- down that route instead. <laughs> Um, I'm swap. Well, there you go. I'm swapping out um, with why because I think okay. I'd be out too quick. I'll take okay. that. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right, Good. I've got it here. It's ready. Well, to go. the rule, the rule, the rules. Are so set. tell me, you know, why should I be my home. truest and authentic self? <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? That is the question, isn't it? <clears throat> is that a serious question? Serious question. Yeah, go on, go on, oh. go on. Serious question. Tell me why. We built, we built, we built you up, man. This is this is your thing. 
Tell us about your story, where it came from, inception, origin. That's what we want. We want the origin story. That's it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd also like to hear, like, Andy, what what, what do you want to know? What do you really want to know? You've had a little bit of We've been chatting for 20 minutes, 15 minutes. What, What do you want to know about me? Genuinely, I want to know why you chose to go into coaching instead of any other job out there. Why did you jump into coaching? Okay. Yeah, good question. So, I'm going to take you back. I might get my Irish voice out for this one, for this story. So, I'll take you back to, there's a bridge in Prague. Have you ever been to Prague? Yeah, yeah. It's that, that ridiculous bridge that people spend so much time going backwards and forwards over because everyone else does it. And you kind of mm. just go, why am I walking over this bridge? I think it's called Charles Bridge. Anyway, so uh, walking over the bridge with my best friend in the world. How long have you guys known each other for? Four, Maybe. five, six, 20, six seven, seven years. Okay, I, I met you first in 2014, seven years. We All became right. friends guys- in 2016, I'd say, yeah. Wow, the way, you talk, the way you talk is you guys him. have been friends longer, man. So this is yeah, obviously a that. very Thank quick you. and deep Thank relationship. You know you're a good friend when this guy comes to your house after a gym session, has a leg day, brings his special <laughs> muscle gun machine and is like, can you please drill me in the back, right? That's when you know you're friends. <laughs> the, yes. But here's, here's a funny part of the story, right? So uh, mom, uh, Shindy, they're, they're with my sister in Surrey, Dad's gone out. It's a Friday. It's Dad's day. He sees his boys. Has a bit of a drink. All right. Comes back. Indy is lying on the floor in the cinema room with his top off. I have the gun on his back. And I said, listen, if my dad walks in here, <laughs> there is no way I can explain what is going on here. So put your clothes so on and, and sit so there. So my yeah, dad yeah. has... has got certainly this, not like, a prison warden. No, well, exactly. <laughs> my dad has got this like knockoff Dara gun. And I was like, let me just use it because I was having really bad back pain. So I used it and I was like, oh, this is actually all right still, but I need someone to like get into like a weird angle. And then Garen was like starting and then he's like, yo, my dad's here, I'm going to stop now. I was like, okay. (laughs) So that's when you know you are good friends. That's when you know your friends, isn't it, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's good. You guys have reached a real real depth in your relationship. Yeah, a real real sticking point. So you're in Prague with your best friend. Right, so Mm. we're in Prague and I'm super close to this guy like I, I can't even tell you the things that like the things that we would share over like we would share basically mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. it wouldn't be good etiquette I think <laughs> podcast so we're super super close and uh, mm. anyway so we're we'd actually interestingly just walked past this monk it's the first time I've ever seen a monk in real life I don't know why that's mm. weird a monk is in like a Buddhist monk a Buddhist monk thank you yes, yeah, yeah. yes okay, that's yeah. a good thing to, to delineate yeah and um, and it's interesting because I actually got the call pretty much just after that sighting, if you like, of this sort of uh, holy individual, whoever you might, however you might want to phrase him. Mm-hmm. But, and I, uh, I I picked up the call and my brother said to me, Dino, um, where are you? What are you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm just at the bridge. He's like, just just like just find somewhere quiet to just sit down and that and think. I was like, well, there's absolutely nowhere quiet. It's literally surrounded mm-hmm. by tourists mm-hmm. and Buddhist monks. So anyway, I just sat down where I was and he said that. Mum's been having some tests, um, as you know, but we didn't really know what the tests were, were trying to uncover, to be honest. Uh, and they've done all the tests they possibly could. And as, as a process of elimination, she has, uh, she's been diagnosed with motor neurons disease. And wow. I was like, what's that? Because back then, I mean, this was in 2010, I believe. Yeah, it's about 2010. I didn't know what that was. So I was like, well, what is it? 
and um, he taught me through what it was, which is, I don't know if anyone, I, I think most people know now it's the Ice Bucket Challenge one and ALS is it was also ALS, yeah, known as ALS. Point. So yeah, so it's a super progressive, uh, like degenerative disease in terms of de- degenerates your, your motor neurons clearly, but then your muscles start to degenerate. I mean, we've got a doctor here, we'll be able to tell you even more, but the point is, is it gets to the point where you almost get locked in syndrome, right? Where wow. your body can't, like your muscles don't move, you can't move, your wheelchair bound, but it's quite, a, I say it's super fast, but it's also quite slow mm. in some sense. It doesn't happen overnight. Anyway, so probably the most horrifying thing that you could want anyone to go through, let alone your own mother. And at that time, I was just kind of flying the nests. So the reason why I was in Prague is because I'd just been on a European kind of uh, backpacking type thing with my, with my friend because it's kind of the, the last hurrah before I get into work and before that call came in man I was like top of the world I mm. had like a beautiful girlfriend I had um I was just I was I just just about to finish university going to the last year of university I just had an awesome gap year like um sort of sandwich year like I, yeah. and I had this plan of how I was going to run my own business like once I finished university and I was going to take it to my parents and be like this is the business I got it's all in property and I'm just going to make so much money so quickly and all this mm. kind of stuff and, and then this call came out oh it came in and it was like wipeout complete mm. wipeout for me mm. and it's difficult for I guess for anyone to really appreciate unless you're in it right but if you just imagine your own mother like i don't know how close everyone is to their mother but for me at that time mm-hmm. especially the kind of early 20s for me she was the closest person in the world to me you know yeah, okay i didn't share the stuff i shared with my best mate because that would be very weird but i was mm. already, i was you know so close to her i'd share almost everything with her um and so so to hear that news was was, was quite crushing but the point is I didn't feel like I could go out there and run my own business and rely on my parents to support me if I fell. So what's my next option? And I think this is what a lot of graduates do anyway, I think, based on my experiences and speaking to other people in this space. You go, well, what should I do? You know, what job should I get? Well, I look at the degree I've got. I look at any experience that I've had before. I look at what I'm good at. And then I'll just go for a job that kind of suits those things. But out of all of those things, did, did you hear me say what I actually enjoy? No, it's no. weird, but I don't think that even comes that much into it. The priority is what am I good at? What experience have I had? Uh, <laughs> what's my degree in? Anyway, so I went out into the world of work, IBM, started off at IBM, and I was so grateful for the job, I've got to say. I was super grateful. There's nothing I wanted more than that job, man, because mm. I just wanted to get out the house in a good way so that I could leave them, like make them feel like they, they have their own space. I know this probably sounds weird in an Indian culture, but for me, no, no trust I, me, mate, I get it. Like, especially okay. if you're at home, if, if, if you're at home and you've got your family around you all the time, they get on top of you and you just want your own space. So going to a physical office in the day and coming back makes sense. Like yeah. so Indy, Indy's been working at home in lockdown and oh, okay. Indy's dad could be one of the stars of our podcast. I swear to God, okay. man, this guy, and like he, the the amount of Zoom calls that this guy has sabotaged because he just doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck. Like he'll just walk through casually in the background, like like I'm talking, I'm presenting. He just walks behind like this, and it's like, and it isn't like he's right there oh, and there's a gap. It's like there's this much room behind me in the conservatory door where I work, right? And he just slides behind it, and I'm like, what are you reaching for? There's nothing there, and he's just like, oh, you know, I'm just I'm just getting this, and then he's like hopping back, and people are like, oh, show us your dad. And I'm like, show me your middle finger. Fuck dad. off. I'm not showing you my dad. What is your show and tell? I'm like, no, this isn't happening, mate. Right? So they're like, oh, I'll tell your dad we said hi. And I was like, okay. 
And then the other week in the podcast, he was out there cleaning he was windows. Washing the window. He yes. was washing these windows to my right. Yeah, he was washing the windows in the background. You could just see him wiping away, and I was like, "Okay, all right, he's just unstoppable. He's an unstoppable force." Yeah, yeah. He wants so a cameo, Indy, Indy he? wants to get out of the house, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I get it. Yeah. What's your dad's name? <laughs> my dad's name is Jaranjit. Jaranjit. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Uh, He's got it. He's all right, got sweet. It. So, Nailed it. so anyway, but I actually wanted to move out the house, right? I wanted to become yeah. independent. The reason why is because I didn't want to put any additional pressure on my parents. Why? Mm. Because they've had enough, they've got enough to go through. And also I wanted to come back with some positive energy, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to take some time away and then come back and, and bring that positive energy to the, to the house. So anyway, let's just say it was a fucking nightmare for five years. Um, yeah. and, she, and she passed away in 2015. Uh, and it's about as bad as you can imagine it to be. It was a genuine, genuine nightmare. Now people go through mm. a lot worse. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a pity party. I'm just trying to tell you that, no, that of course it, was, it was extreme chaos yeah. for, my, for, for my time and my family. Right. So what happened in that chaos? Well, believe it or not, I did actually do pretty well in my career in the sense that um, I sold some some significant deals. Um, I started off as a consultant. Then I got into account management, which is sales. I hate sales. I'm not, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of sales or marketing. But you were in sales. But I was in it. I found myself in it. And how many people wow. do you hear say, I fell into my career? I fell into it. I fell into it. I fell yeah, into falling that. into sales and succeeding at that is a skill because sales is an art. Like, it's not easy to learn. It's it's very difficult. Yeah, I still don't think I'm very good at it. I also still don't think I was I would that disagree. good at it. I think what I was good at, <laughs> what I think I was quite good at was just creating a relationship with these guys and, you know, very mm. senior people in these organizations. And one guy said to me, Dina, the only reason why I'm doing this really is for you. And it's like a 1.4 million pound deal. So it wasn't a small deal. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Um, but anyway, like. so the point is, I, I like you. <laughs> so anyway, I got to the point where um, I got to European director for a, for a small start, like a, a software company who's, who's d- have done really well in the US and wanted to kind of smash it here in, in Europe. So I got to travel and stuff and it looked on paper like a very, very mm. good deal. Yeah. I got paid a lot of money to fly around Europe and have these conversations about a product that, to be fair, I, I actually believed in. Now, the challenge is, I would say that was probably the lowest time of my entire life. Mm. Hands down, the lowest time of my entire life. Anxiety, throwing up on the way to work, like physically throwing up, like um, stomach pains, low mood, like cannot for the life of me get any kind of sort of... Why were you in that state though? Like in that very low state? Is that because you were in mourning? Don't you mean, hold up, hold up, hold up. Um, <laughs> no, you're, it's, it's a good question. I didn't say it, um, I didn't say it. <laughs> no, you did well. I was, I was hoping for the bingo, man. You, <laughs> uh, I want to substitute one of uh, Dino's words as well. Chaos. Oh, chaos. Yes, that is definitely your word, man. Okay, I'll take so out, but chaos. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a great question, man. I think, look, I think a lot of it is clearly going to be to do with you know, my mum having such a difficult journey towards yeah. the end of her, t- to the end of her life, which, you know, she died at 59. She was just getting ready to enjoy her retirement with her husband of yeah, 40 tough, years. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like a pretty, like, really tough old time. She always mm. wanted to be, she loves weddings. She loves grandchildren. Every movie mm. she ever watched, she always fought, forward wound to the wedding. Um, <laughs> and she just loved kids and stuff. And she, she missed out on her own son's wedding and her own son's grandchildren. So... It's, it's bleak, man. So I think from that perspective, I probably was quite, uh, I found that pretty tough. 
But the other massive part of it, and I've been thinking about this a lot recently, when people say, like, I want a life of fulfillment, like, what does it actually mean to be fulfilled? And I think what mm. it is, is, it's like, I think when you're not fulfilled, I think it's because you know there's a potential in you, but the environment that you're in is not cultivating that potential, or it's, it, at worst, it's capping your potential in some way. Yeah. So what I was looking at was a career. I was looking ahead towards a career on the upper ladder that was taking me, that was going to, that is leaning up against the wrong wall effectively. So it didn't mm. matter how fast I climbed. I knew when I got to the top of that ladder, I was going to be an empty, hollow, yeah. you know, man. And also I was not going to be the person I want to be. Mm. I think we all know the, you know, deep down the person we want to be, at least abstract and conceptually. I was like, this is not the kind of guy I want to be. Like, it's just not. So I am going to have to be slightly different. And so yeah. that, I didn't like that prospect. I didn't like, I wasn't reaching my potential. Um, and that ultimately, I, my balance was all off. Like my work-life balance was all off. Yeah, man, I, I think pretty much every area of my life was down mm. other than money. That's it. Um, which just goes to show mm. like it really doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So anyway, so uh, I meet this guy called Alex Eastman and he talks me through a particular methodology and it helped me uncover sort of like my own my own values and then set some kind of vision for my life, some kind of target for my life. And it was just at a time that I was at a crossroads. I was like, I need to leave, but I have no idea where I want to go. Mm. I can't, but I, I have all the confidence that I want to leave where I am. Mm. I have no confidence in where to go next <laughs> and what to do next. And I think that's super common. I really don't think I'm the only one there. I don't think I'm alone there. And mm especially after a chaos like hey <laughs> and indeed by the way al is the oracle with some more context for you okay, <laughs> okay? yeah Fine, I guess I'll so. take it. um and so yeah that really lit a fire under me and really helped me get way more confidence in okay these are the things that are most important to me this is the target that ultimately I'm aiming for. Now let me look at some careers or some options or assess the opportunities coming my way against mm. this criteria. And that was a game changer for me. Wow, massive, massive game changer. Why? I'd spent 15 years, man, trying to figure out what the hell I wanted to do with my life. What was 15 my potential? 15 years in from when you finished your degree to being in, in that career. No, good, good question. No, from probably the, like, probably from like when, 13 When they ask old. me in school and, and say, what GCSEs yeah. do you want to do? And I'm like, what path is this going to lead me on? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. I get it, yeah. yeah. Yes. I have yeah, that same thought, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I'm obsessed with it. Like I had so many conversations with my parents about what I wanted to do. Mm. And I read so many like self-development books by the time I was like 18, trying to figure out what the hell I actually wanted really? to do. Really? So, the worst yeah. thing is, yeah. whenever a teacher says to you, they say, the choices you make today with picking your GCSEs are going <laughs> to mould you for the rest of your life. And I'm like... <laughs> Why are you putting pressure on me, bro? <laughs> You're not helping. Thank Just you so much, teacher. Thank you. Oh, yeah. man. Cheers. Well like, Twice. I've got a lot of time for teachers. <laughs> I really do, because I would not be able to do what they do. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty dumb thing to pressure to put on a child. <laughs> it really is, especially a 13 year old. They're like, I just like maths. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? You're going to draw some triangles. What are you going to do with maths, mate? Yeah. You're going to draw some triangles. Pythagoras, are you, mate? How's that going to help me well, buy lettuce? Well, well, <laughs> interesting fact here, you know. Indy liked mm -hmm. colouring. 
Indy like coloring at school. What I did he like study coloring. university? You loved it, coloring. boy. I yeah, didn't like no, what, what did you know, he study you know at university? Yeah, I'm, I I'm, I'm a horrible artist. I did geography and business management. Ge- geography. That's what you did, geography. It's all about coloring. That's it. Yeah, it's all about, it's all about, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, uni for me was a three-year piss-up, I have no regrets, I loved it, right, yeah, and I scraped right. a T1, and people who worked their ass off and got a T1, and, 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 and I, I, I chilled, and I chilled and still got it, shows you, that, you know, I had a great you got, job. Game. you got embroiled, he got embroiled in an MLM scheme, a famous MLM scheme, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, I did, which was fronted by Bob Proctor, this guy's famous, man. Is, is it Bob Proctor? Bob Proctor was like the the, the Ooh, name no face. Way. I think it was BK uh, Breaker, but yeah, yeah. No, no, but above him was Bob. What was the guy? What was it? The drink? Vimo. 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 Look it up. Good in, shit. In bro. The good shit. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. That's good shit. Born, all that. The good shit. <laughs> still believes in it. Still believes in it. Yeah. Yeah, still believes in it. I've got it. Just gonna pull the endorsement. No, I'm kidding. I've got it. So okay, right. So for 15 so, years, you kind of just realised like, yeah, this is this is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it just gave me more confidence in the next step, right? Because I had none. (laughs) And so it helped me understand where to go next. So I then had the opportunity to become general manager for a cancer charity. And I looked again at my vision. I looked at, you know, which is all about solving or getting to the root causes of our most prolific challenges. And I was like, well, that's a, that's a prolific challenge. Um, And the charity was, you know, run by Alex Eastman, but it's also um, a very new age in its thinking. Right, like we were coming from the prevention angle, we believe the best cure is is prevention. So that was right up my street. And when I got into that space, I was like, "This, I'm exactly where I should be." And what's mm. fascinating is that in two years' time, I was like, "I'm now not where I should be." So I don't mm. think alignment. I really do believe that alignment is a progressive thing. It's a continuation. It's something that we continually move towards. But mm. wow, if you look at the difference between how I felt like as the general manager of this cancer charity compared to this like Mr. European director slick guy. Mm. I was like, oh mate, night and day in terms of my happiness, night and day, um, which is beautiful for my wife, for the people around me, for my friends and for mm. me, of course, and my own inner experience. So uh, anyway, whilst I was doing that to answer your original question, man, this is a long answer to your original question. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I was coaching it on, on the side reason why is because i went to a workshop and they, we did this like live event and i started like furiously writing notes about this particular exercise that was happening right in front of me like talking through someone's life like their highs and their lows and like, what can we pick out in terms of what they might value and i was just like this is awesome and i'm mm-hmm. sitting there just like writing pages for the notes man like i like my mm-hmm. page is like on fire and so i, I riff about it and then at the end some, about four or five people came up to our house like um so can can Dino be my coach? Mm. And I wasn't even a coach then, that, right? Point. I was just a spectator. Wow. And then I was like, fancy it? I was like, all right, let's do it. So I just did a few sort of, um, just organically, man, just completely organically grew. And mm. then it got to the point where I was like, I, I know this methodology can go further. So mm. I then moved out of the general manager space. And then I just took some time off to do deep research in developing the methodology way further. It was like, it's almost like, you know, when you find like, like, like a rock in the floor and it's like just a slight glisten and mm. you're like, let me just go in there. And like you, you realize you start dusting it off and you're like, oh, I found something good here. So I just tried to do some of that dusting. So anyway, so I did some time, um, deep research, like Cambridge. I've just like kicked up, um, I'm coming towards the end of my master's in psychology. Like I'm really trying to dive into like the, 
the bits and bytes that mm. make up our identity and mm. what the current theories are around identity uh jazz there talking about being naked is obviously like the coolies looking glass he describes it as that like that looking glass or the five masks so there's so many theories out there around our identity and i wanted to build this methodology on solid psychological mm. ground so mm. yeah man so i did loads of research and then i just threw myself into the field and i was like all right let's get out there and and start sharing this methodology because I know it works in the smallest part. Imagine like the whole thing, like how powerful that's going to be. Enter Shindy. <laughs> so Shindy comes in and um, yeah, well, amongst obviously quite a few others, but Shindy comes in and we talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just me and Shindy, that's it. Uh, that's my coaching practice with Shindy and I. And then, <laughs> one, one client. <laughs> yeah, one client. Yeah, well done, successful. That was worth the job. Great success. Great success. Well done, you. Hello. So, yeah, man. So that's how I got into coaching. And, and now I'm teaching others like the wonderful, masterful and super intelligent Dr. Jazz um, in actually facilitating this methodology because it works, man. It really works. Mm. And I only teach it to people who have experienced it themselves because, well, that's half the work. Mm. Half the work yeah. is doing the work yourself on yourself. And then you're in a much better position to teach it and to guide someone else through it. So yeah, man, that's where we're at right now. I hope that answers so your question. The... At least I hope so. It took me 20 minutes to do it. No, it does. It does. Going back to the identity stuff that mm-hmm. you were saying. So there's certain ways that people mold their identity. What's the common thing that you tend to see with people when they when their identity is molded? What's the common the common theme? I guess it is, or the common, common conformity. The common conformity. That's it. Thank you, Karen. Common conformity. You got to tell me a little bit more what you mean. As in, what's the common thing? Like, is it parents that mold people's identity? Is it one traumatic experience? Um, Is it is it one standout factor that makes people always turn out the same way? Tell them where values values come from. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. Yeah, Yeah, I'd say it's what it's such an interesting, fascinating space because although it's super unique to everyone. This is what I tell people, like, there's a one in 400 trillion chance of being born, first of all. Then then no one has ever had the genetic makeup, the exact genetic makeup that you've had, and will never have the exact genetic makeup that you have. Mm. Also, no one's ever going to have the same set of experiences that you've had in terms of your friends, your school, all of that, right? So you Mm. are completely unique, and no one will ever, again, have those set of experiences. So... It, you couldn't be more unique. I know people say, you're unique. Well, you actually Oof. are in that sense, like super, mm. super ridiculously, like mind-blowing unique. But there is a commonality in terms of how our identity is created, <coughs> I believe, based on the research I've done. And I think starts off as you are... I mean, I do believe in some of this idea of sort of the ego and the id and the superego and stuff. I'm not going to get super into that because that's kind of like a rabbit hole. But just know that maybe the first three, four years is a bit kind of uh, predictable in its kind of uh, in, in your growth uh, in, in probably across the board. There's not too much differentiation in terms of your identity. Then you're basically just like you want something and you want it right now. <laughs> okay? OK, and all you're trying to do is regulate the world outside that's that's could create that need for you and your want for that need and it's just basically a a negotiation between sort of three three elements but then beyond that it starts to get more interesting and where it gets from is the most powerful relationships in your life determine a lot of what's enculturated what we call enculturated 
in you at that time. So what do, what mm. do I mean? So you're surrounded by people who have their own set of, like their own identity, right? And then their own beliefs and their own values. And they're gonna respond to you and witness the things in you and say things to you and show you things that are in alignment with their values. Now, what's super interesting though, is that you don't always take on everything they say. Mm. If you think about your own parents, you didn't completely agree with absolutely everything they said from the age of four to 10, let's say. Yeah. So what you do between four and 10 is you actually start to get some feedback. If you go out to the world and you start to get some feedback from the world, whether it's your parents, whether it's your friends, whether it's like, you know, whatever it might be that you're doing at the time. And you go, well, what am I enjoying? Like, what am I actually feeding off? What's giving me a buzz here? And what do I, what's really painful? for me to actually mm. to, to, to see or to be in existence with. And it's that feedback loop that starts to create some patterns of understanding in your subconscious of going, I really don't like that when that happens. And look, it's happened again. Yep, I definitely don't like that when that happens. Yep, mm. and the patterns increase and so justify some of your sort of opinions and beliefs. As we continue to grow, so for, so for, I would say four to 10 is where, oh, let's say four to 12 to be mm. safe uh, is where our brains are most has most neuroplasticity. So it means it holds and retains information the most um, and can be is most changeable too during that so time. Would you say that those are your most formative years? Yeah, exactly. So they're your most formative years. From sort of 12 to 25, there's still like quite a lot of plasticity. For us gentlemen, mm. things are plateaued. <laughs> and uh, well, plateaued 25. Up to 25. Yeah, plateaus after 25. It doesn't oh, mean shit. it stops. Okay. We've got to remember plateau just means it doesn't stop, like it's not as, it's not growing um, in plasticity or it's, it's also then starts to decline at some age. But there's still <laughs> evidence to say that, you know, even well into your 50s, 60s, 70s, there's still enough plasticity there for you to change habits, for example, or even change core values. That's all good. It's hope. But what's instantiated between four and 12 are your, what I believe are your core values. These are the things that you've learned to, uh, that you've learned are either powerful to have in play or painful to not have in play. They're, mm. the, they're your deal breakers. They're the things that determine like whether you're pissed or upset or frustrated, like in an instant, mm. or you're on fire, you're in flow state, you are your best self. There's, an, there's literally a set of ingredients, I believe, that are, that create one of those two sort of extremes. What if between four and 12, you never find your flow state? I mean, I, I, I could definitely assure you that people have found the state. They're like, oh, I don't like that. Or they're forming like patterns of anger or things that piss them off. That's, that's, that's quite understandable. But then mm. to achieve like a flow state or where someone's in the zone, that's something that I only discovered like way later on. And it's only like, oh, okay, I've, 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 I felt that only like about, uh, what, five, four or five years ago? Then Sweet, after that, so let's I was do like, it. Shit, get, okay. so get, awesome. So, so give, give me an example of, uh, of maybe a flow state that you use. Come so on. a flow yeah. state for me initially was when I was dancing, that for me was a flow state. When so when I used to do Bhangra with Gurren, right, we used to be in the dancing. same team. And um, in that, there were some moves that you have to do in a flow state and it's a sense of, you do sing, you do something again on repeat, on loop, over and over again, until it's second nature to you. 
and then it's more so you're just doing the moves but now you're thinking about other stuff as you're doing the moves because you've perfected it so much mm. right and now you're thinking oh am i in the right position of this set etc and okay. that's where that's where i felt like the first ever time i felt like i was in a flow state and what did you what did you like love about being in that flow state <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I genuinely love the fact that at the end of this, I was going to perform and I was going to get a rush and I was going to feel emphatic afterwards, whether it was win, loss or draw. Okay, but it was the performing element that was the bit that... The was, performing sorry. element was always at the end. So say if I just stopped and didn't have anything to, to... If I didn't have anything to perform to or anything to go towards, I wouldn't have been as up for it. I would have maybe still done it, but I wouldn't have committed myself as far to it. Okay, so the performing maybe is the catalyst bit. So what do you think you enjoyed so much about the performing? Why was that so important to you? Why? So Why? The performance... ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so the performing element for me was, for me, it was a personal thing because I'd broken my ankle a couple of years before. And then mm. prior to that, um, I had like a number of injuries and I wasn't ready to make the team. So I got cut from our team about two, three times and I didn't think that I was good enough for it. So therefore, to, for me to get over that obstacle and make it on stage and perform, for me, that was a big win in itself. Boom. So, so what we tend to find, thanks, man, for going into that. Appreciate it. That's all right. So what we tend to find <laughs> is that, and by the way, it's not like after 12, like that's it, like your, your mm. core values are instantiated and that's it, stopped. I mean, instantiated. So I believe that they, they, they're, they're there, they started, and I think they begin to f continue to form after that and all the way through our lives. But, mm. um, and that's why, you know, the process and the methodology we go through, we look at your highs and lows across your whole life. Like it's yeah. just tend to tend to show. Okay. So let's have a look at your, your example here. So performing was, was, was the bit that you enjoyed. Uh, and yeah. what we tend to find is that they're one of the same thing in the sense that what's painful to not have in play is powerful to have in play. Does that make sense? So let's say self-expression for you, like what you loved about performing was that you got to perform, you got to express, or, or maybe like you say, um, maybe it was uh, um, knowing that you were kind of good enough. Maybe it was knowing that it, maybe it was a sense of achievement. Maybe it was a sense Validation. of mastery. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a yeah. sense of like belonging, like the actually acceptance. belong in this group and acceptance, mm -hmm. right? By the crowd. I think all those, all those things you just said apply. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, great. This is the power so, of the work, baby. <laughs> yeah, so but let's look at the opposite of that, right? Let's look at let's say you never had that flow state. Or you could mm. even you can even give me that example. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I think um have you, were there any times before that where you felt the opposite? You said there were the injuries, but between four and ten, four and twelve, were there times where you felt <coughs> repressed, where you couldn't self-express? Yeah, so I never I was I was really young. I was the youngest in my family uh, by about nine years. So I didn't really have anyone to sort of play with growing up. And then in school, I was a bit awkward. So I wasn't as smart as the other kids. Um, maybe I was like sheltered a lot at home. Um, I was obviously, what's the word? Not babied. Yeah. What's the you, word had more, you had more McDonald's than anybody in your house. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's yeah, true. yeah. Um, it was... Um, What's the word? I was more so. Is 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 cuddled the the correct oh, word? Molly cuddled. Molly cuddled. Molly something molly cuddled. like that. Yeah, like, like, I was, was that word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was always protected by like a lot of my family, and I wasn't able okay. to like do things that you would potentially need to do or learn in order to grow up or to experience negative things. So when I did experience those negative things, maybe it made me take it even more to heart because I never felt that before. Interesting. All right. So. 
Okay, so, but so can you think of any negative experiences between four and 12 that might be related to you feeling like not self-expressed, maybe not accepted, not feeling like you belong, like the opposite of what you feel when you perform? I didn't okay, feel like I belonged at, at school in my year group because a lot of a lot of the kids didn't really understand me or I couldn't really connect with them. So that lack of connection and lack of like being like, oh, that's my friend was like a different, was like a weird thing for me. I didn't, I didn't get that. But I saw other kids have that and I was like, how do I get that? Right. And did you feel that when you were in the team? You mentioned there I was... So in the team, team, it was obviously... In the team, there there was an element of acceptance because for the previous two years, I didn't make it in. I was still there. I was still helping and stuff. I was still a part of it, but I wasn't performing. So that acceptance of being in the final guys who were dancing and the final squad was a big thing to me. Yeah. Yeah, like you kept saying there, didn't make it in. That's a yeah. wonderful phrase, isn't it? It's like I didn't make yeah. it in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, well, I don't know if that helps answer your question, but your original question was, well, what if I, if I only ever had sort of negative experiences and then I've, yeah, only, yeah. Or I've only found my flow state later on in life? Like, how does that <coughs> marry with what you've just said? Can you see mm. how it marries based on the I can now. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, mate. Um, so it's so, all yeah. opposites, isn't it? It's all relative. So if you if you find that you're good in community, it's because you haven't had community. If you find that you need security, it's because you haven't had security. Is that kind of the pathway we're going down? Okay. Put it this way. I think we all have a whole set of values. In short, mm. yes. I think we all have a whole load set of values, right? Um, but I think because of the experiences of our life, mm. some of them have been dialed up in sensitivity. Right. Yeah. So some of them, some values are now far more important to me, given my experiences, than you in the case yeah. of your experiences. Right. Yeah. So, so that's all it is, man. That like ultimately, as you say, what caused that sensitivity might be negativity. So it might mm. be a time where you didn't have those things, and therefore, mm. yes, you now really crave those things, or that you really value those things. Yeah. But it also may be the other way around, where you've really enjoyed it. And so you want that to continue. And that's something that you, you know that you value based on those positive experiences, not just. Ah, okay. okay. There was a really, really good example, uh, Indy, when I was learning this methodology from Dino that he gave me that I still use with clients now that I coach, which was imagine a plant, right? Uh, and the plant is in its infancy. Okay. And for the plant to grow, to grow yeah. you put this bamboo stick there. Right, you know, Indian mm-hmm. families do this all the time, man, for the plants to grow straight or whatever. So they tie the string to this bamboo stick. The plant represents you. The stick is the values which are sort of given to you by society, but mainly your family. So mm-hmm. within our culture, for example, indeed, <coughs> how, do, how do Asian people, what do Asian people do with money? How, what, what are we told to do with money? Save it. Don't right. spend Ab- it. Don't absolutely. spend it stupidly. Absolutely. So this is what we see, isn't it? We see that the... We see the behavior of our parents and significant others, and then we start to form opinions and behavior towards things like money and what academia means in our lives and all these things. And so, in but the thing about the bamboo stick is, if we didn't have that in early life, then you know, us as the plant, maybe we just don't survive. We need that scaffolding early on to sort of survive, and that's necessary. But then, as we get older, and Dean says, we go out into the world, university being one of the big experiences where you really do go out if you live away, yeah. and you start having experiences, and you get feedback, and then it, what Dean taught me is that it then puts into question this framework, you know, this reference, this um, glass through which you're perceiving the world, understanding the world, making decisions and opinions. Does it work or doesn't it work? Is this serving me or not serving me? And then at some point, you know, that bamboo stick, it's like, 
I need to grow now. Like I need to kind of maybe go in a different direction. And I'm not saying that everything that I've got from the bamboo stick or the parents is wrong. And this is what we talk about rescuing from the past, right? So we're taking things that have been there, that have served us and are still useful. But because we've had newer experiences and had newer feedback on those, we now start to form our own frameworks, which guide us through life. And mm. that's the thing. I think without consciously being aware of this process happening, you can just go through life not understanding why you think the way you think, why you have the opinions and beliefs you have, and why you have the behavior. The best example of this, Indy, uh, I do this as a social experiment all the time, is just go and stand with a group of people. We could do it with our friend group, right? Our friend group circle. We could stand in the circle and we could, I could ask a question, something inflammatory, a little bit inflammatory, like Brexit, right? And what you'll see, Jordan Peterson says this, 95% of people have an opinion which isn't theirs. 95% of people. Because all they're doing is whatever they've learned or heard from other people's behavior, they just regurgitate. And that's because they are not consciously aware of where is my belief system and value system coming from. And so this is, well, this leads on to our next question for you, Dino, is you kind of alluded to it, but what is the power of the work you do, number one? And why is now, like now, 2021, post-COVID era, so important that people should be doing this type of stuff? Yeah, man, it's, it's a great question. So I was actually going to like riff onto it because that was beautifully explained. That's good. I think <laughs> this, is, this doesn't leave the podcast. Man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It's out there now. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Look, where it gets super interesting is mm. when you're at a place in your life or you know yeah. someone that's in a place in their life where they're that whole phrase of lost, right? Where you just feel like, hold on a minute, like a bit of an identity crisis. Who am I? What am I about? What do I actually, mo- what actually motivates me? What's important to me? Mm. Um, you know, what am I good at? Where am I going? What am I doing? What's my next step? You know, like all these massive questions that we can ask <clears throat> ourselves. Like, what's my purpose? That kind of thing. Where it gets super interesting is that one of the reasons why I think we get lost is because exactly what Jazz has just said there is that you, we may be playing someone else's game, right? Mm. Like we may be living by someone else's set of values, whether it's our parents, whether it's our culture, whether it's the job and the organization that we've embedded ourselves in, (laughs) that has its Mm. own culture, that has its own archetype of what it means Mm. to succeed. Do you fit that archetype? And if Mm. not, then you're gonna meet some of that inner resistance. So it's when our true nature, which I believe is just, is in us something that is given, endowed, but the point is it's something that's deep within us that's our own mm. and when that meets comes up against the enculturation that we've had and and it and it resists it in terms of if there's a conflict against those two things then i think that internal battle mm. can actually be exhausting and that exhaustion can then just kind of turn into this feeling of like demotivation like just ambivalence, nihilism, just like, who am I? And then you ask all these questions, right? Mm. Because who you are is already there. Like there's no need to go search for it, right? Like um, there's that wonderful quote from the Zen master, which I always say, which I'm going to forget now. Um, But instead of finding your, when trying to, instead of like looking outward to find your place in the world, look inside and there you'll find it, Mm. right? Like it's about actually just uncovering what's already there. So So the power in this work is going, Okay, let's delineate <laughs> what's the values that I've been given, mm. what, but more importantly, what are my values? What are my, like, aligned to my true nature? Like, who am I? Not my parents, not my friends, mm. not society, not my culture, 
Like, who am I? What do I actually believe in? And there's evidence for that. It's and not the only way you get into that is to peel back, like how you did there, you peel back all people's experiences. Um, you exactly. see what, what a value is and if that's actually theirs, if that's something they picked up. Like, exactly. yeah, I get it. Okay. Exactly, man. And the way that we figure out whether it's theirs or something they picked up is that if it's a pattern that repeats over time, Hmm. And it's it's some serious digging in those questions. Like I, I let you off. I didn't really dig that 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 much. And I did a lot of assuming. <laughs> but um, if you were under my scalpel, I would have uh, we would have dug it quite deep, man. And we would have had some fun doing it. But if you think about the worst experiences of your life, like the ones that you don't even want to touch, maybe even want to talk about, hmm. there's people that talk to me about stuff that they never talked to even their like their partners about because it's so painful. But when you hmm. dig right into that stuff, like no judgment. Yeah. No judgment. We're just digging in. Okay. And, and then we're going to come back out. We're not going to dwell. But when you do that work, that's when you find out what really matters, man. That's when mm. you find out what really, really is important to you and what matters to you. And, and why. And why. Yeah. Why. And that's what these patterns are, right? these values. Because you'll see patterns. Just like we almost got some patterns just for one experience. But mm. imagine now 20 like highs and lows, how many patterns we would get. So the power is... Like once you've delineated and you know who mm. you are, then you could kind mm. of throw the shackles off of maybe what's been enculturated up to this point. Um, and why now? Because it's a, such a brilliant opportunity if you've met chaos. Right? Damn it, ding. Um, mm. I'm on two, <laughs> two out of three. Like I did with my mum, right? Like it, mm. it made me ask some big questions, like who am I? Why am I here? Like I don't, I clearly don't have that much time left. Any of those situations in our life that may <laughs> cause us to ask those big questions is a great opportunity to do that digging. Is to is to go. <coughs> my life is now, especially if you've been made redundant or you've mm. um, you've really lost a sense of who you are. Great. Because you know what? Now we can build from the ground up. Because mm. what you've been doing up until this point is you've been creating a framework for your life. So yeah. you look at your life and you go, this is what I expect life to be. I expect to come on this podcast and for us to have a conversation, right? So I built a framework around that. If Jazz suddenly got up and started like getting naked, actually naked, that would break <laughs> and dance. <laughs> that would yeah. break my framework. I'd have to rebuild my framework, right? <laughs> So that, that particular chaos, and I'm happy to use that word on the third one, ding, 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 for that one, <laughs> is, is useful because when those frameworks come down, there's an opportunity there to rebuild your frameworks, not mm. to the game that you've been playing up until now, which is possibly someone else's game, but you can play the game that you want to play. So you get to build a framework up in line with your true nature, who you truly are, your authentic self. Yes, uh, the, lens, the lens of authenticity. This is exactly. the thing, man. But it takes exactly. that to do it. But here's my question, because I've been in this right now a little while, Dino, is of the people that you, know, that you work with, the majority, do they come to you in the chaos state or do you find that there are people who are generally wanting to do deep introspective work because of curiosity? Yeah, Which both. ones do you get more of? Oh, oh okay, yeah, De definitely yeah. get both, man, because it's useful at any time in your life to, to instantiate who you really are and start playing the game that you right. want to be playing, right? right. Um, but there are just some lucky folks that have just figured that out and then they're just riding along with their true nature and they feel like they're, they're there. Um, mm. I haven't met too many of those, but I, I, would, I would say that whether you're in chaos or not, it's... Um, mm. it's I'd be surprised 
Yeah, I'd be surprised if anyone really truly knows who they are, what motivates them at their core, what they're really good at, where exactly they're going, how they're going to get there and what the next steps are. Like if they can confidently and clearly answer those questions, then they're on their yeah. way, right? Like th then they're, they're having a wonderful life and good for them, um, potentially. Right? I'm sure there's plenty of other things that need to come into play to, to give them a good life. But mm. why now is another reason. So one is to, to instantiate who you are, right. right? Like you've got an opportunity here to rebuild the frameworks, not to anyone else's game anymore. Yeah don't need to do it you can do it in line with your own values so you the can maybe start is, and just pick up a new skill off that like you can actually go and try something different like if you're yeah. painting you can try painting or something like that right right yeah there's always been like a, a passion or career that you actually always wanted to do now's the time to actually give that a go hmm. the thing is you've got to be careful the passion that you might have might not necessarily be truly connected to what you were put on this earth to do in terms of like your your true nature and what your what your true vision and mission is right it may just be something that it's the only thing that maybe you've been able to enjoy in the last 10 years mm. so it's not as easy to say as follow your passion i think that's probably one of the hard again a bit like a teacher probably one of the most annoying phrases i've ever come across like just follow <laughs> your passion man so what is my passion please and that goes on to this point so one of the things that I struggled most with was having confidence in my decision of what to do next. Do you remember me saying mm. that? Like, yeah, like I, have that. I have that same issue. I don't right. know if I wanted to do a number of things. It's just like I sort of okay. just leapt and thought, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Oh, no, so no, how no, do you, no, no, no. Right, so how do you make the decision? How, how do you have any confidence in what you're doing you just, next? You just jump into it. That's it. Right. <clears throat> you, you, you can obviously try and take some, some calculations and some decisions and some pre-thinking, mm. but... You're never going to know how something really pans out unless you go for it. Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's definitely that that truth. I also believe. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you another question, but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm stuck now. Ask it. Ask it. Ask it. Well, how? Uh, keep telling me a little bit more about the criteria though that you'd use like how, how do you even know where to go next like, but Indy you use your you real use? example yeah your Which one? corporate Deutsche Bank you went travelling you know what yeah can marketing. I just say for, for 19 episodes we did not reveal where I worked right at corporate and you blurred right. it out in the last fucking two episodes you twat right? I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do an next episode as well you can say where oh, I work in hospital like, is, he not anyway. allowed? is that the one thing he's not allowed to no, say no it is allowed I just, I just never said it in person in case oh, I was right, sued okay. but I, I think did, I'm I past the statute of limitations or whatever the fuck it is now um, listen so, declassified declassified information declassified now, okay? yeah, you should call this the declassified files what are you going to tell me now this is good <laughs> I don't know uh, alright so I changed from corporate to marketing um, I didn't know I wanted to do it because I sort of did, I started, I started really low. So there's levels to marketing, right? You can do social media, you can do Facebook, Google, you can do SEO. Those are pretty much the four. Okay. So I was like, let me choose the one that has the least amount of en entry or sorry, the least barriers, least barriers to entry, entry yeah. which is social media. Cause everyone uses it. Yeah. I can do social media marketing. Cool. Right. I did that organically. Fine. What's the next one? Okay. I've now got a pick. Well, I use Facebook all the time. Let me try Facebook ads. Okay, cool. Okay, I've done that. Now what's the next one? Okay, Google ads is the next one. SEO is like a black box. So I don't really understand that. It takes a lot of time and effort to learn. So I can pick the skills up from Facebook that I've learned and sort of apply it to Google. It's not the same, but it's there. And I was like, okay, 
now I've found the thing that I actually enjoy the most out of those three, I'm going to stick with that for a bit. That's what happened. That's literally how I did it. That, that was the criteria. So, so when you say you picked the things that you enjoyed, what, what, were, you moving to, what were you moving towards? I was moving away so, from having things being rigid and boring every day. So oh. in corporate, it's, it's the same shit, right? You must send this report by 11. You have to wait until this one comes in at one. If this one is two hours late, you have to stay until seven o'clock until it's done. Like, I just felt like I was someone's bitch all day and I was like, this is shit. <laughs> okay, so, so, but when, when you said I'm going to go into marketing, how did you know you wanted to go into marketing? Because I thought, I, I didn't actually know I wanted to go into marketing, but I knew, okay, the, the, the pre-criteria is do something now that is, number one, not going to take you too long to learn because that's yeah. going to set you back a lot. But then number two, it's going to give you something that's varied and different all the time. So you actually have to use your fucking brain. So I was like, okay, let me take that step and do that then. Okay, marketing seems like the next step for me that makes sense. Let me just try and do it for some people for, for free and then not make any money off it. That way, if I realize I don't like it, it's no cost to them. It's no cost to me. I don't feel like I've robbed anyone of anything. Got right. it. Sure, sure. Cool. Okay, yeah, you got that, you got that integrity in you, built in you. Mate, um, I have okay. to. My uh, mum's very religious. She believes that if I don't, it'll come back to bite me, and I, I believe that too. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Well, so what's interesting is that <laughs> you didn't necessarily have that much confidence in the decision you were making, but you went for it anyway. Yeah, by the sounds of it, and you knew that it was moving you away from where you wanted to go, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, like, how has that worked out for you? It's worked out better now because I'm happier in the job that I'm in, um, and I've sort of leveled up, I guess you could say, over the years. But it's not the final thing I want to do. Uh, the final thing I want to do is this, the podcasting thing. I want to do this for the future because this is the fun part of life, where you just talk to people and you make money off it. Like that's the dream just talking to people, learning bits and bobs and just going around and doing it again and again and again because you'll never run out of people to talk to that you find interesting. I like No, I like <laughs> so, so it's definitely, and this is cool for me to chat through as well to have this conversation. There's definitely like ways to, to, to gain confidence, I think, in the next decision. And like yours, yours is a great example of trial and error of just, you know, let's just try, try a few different things and yeah. then kind of hopefully <laughs> bump my way into like the direction mm. that feels you know mm. good and has longevity in it um i did that for like you know since sort of 16 17 in jobs and like that i was trying to uh, the trial and error just i got to the point where i was just, like sick of trial and error yeah yeah wasn't getting i can see that too right. yeah I can yeah see that too. so so i guess if you're at that stage then now i just feel like there's quite a few people that right now could do with some confidence the next decision they're going to make is yeah. going to bring them more happiness, more fulfillment rather than less, right? Yeah. Like it's going to move them further into alignment of who they are and more. And therefore, as I said, around fulfillment, I think that's more to do with potential. Mm-hmm. Like it puts them in an environment where being the most you means you're going to be more successful. Yeah. So like the more indie you are on this podcast, the more successful you're going to be. The more we see that as guests and Jazz feeds off that as a co-host and the, and the viewers and listeners hear that from you, the more yeah. chance you are of, of this being a success. So you are, you have found a place where being more you, it wouldn't entail you to be more successful. Now I don't, I, I think that's where the opportunity is for people right now. 
Um, yeah. And I think if they don't have that confidence in their next move, then understanding who you are first, what you actually value, which is feels so fundamental. Mm. It's, it's crazy that we're even talking about it, really, that we don't all just know it. Um, but it's just who we are, what we value, what we're good at, based mm. on these experiences of our lives that have like, you know, that forged that these parts of our character mm. under the stresses of our experiences. And then use that to go, where am I going? Like, what's my North Star? What's the thing I'm always heading towards? No matter whether I do a podcast or whether I do a face-to-face -face, like interview in another, like wherever, or like whether I do journalism, whether I do blog or a vlog, whatever it is, I'm moving towards this North Star, whatever that is. And then mm -hmm. like, what are the high level milestones to actually getting to that North Star, right? And then what does that actually look like as a next step? What does that now actually mean for me moving Super forward tangible. to the next step? Yeah. Super tangible. What am I doing next? What jobs am I applying for? What like new training or courses do I need to do? Mm. I think now's the time to do that work. Why? I think it's almost self-explanatory because the world's changing. Everything's stopped. It's giving you an opportunity to, for people to kind of go out of the office and into their own home and go, wow, so my home life is meeting my work life. <laughs> and now I can see it, how different they are yeah, and how yeah. like in conflict they are um, yeah. and how I have to be this other person in my own home now as different where I've got to be a different person in a different place. But now the I've dream, got a different person in my own home. What's the dream that everyone had before, you know, pre-COVID, COVID was a catalyst uh, for, our work, for our work, week, work from home, right? And now I have friends that do it 24-7 and it's just like exactly what you said. I don't know who I am. The work just carries on. It's after five o'clock. It's just weird. No, I cut off that shit quick, man. No, I'm done. I'm you going... got you got your dad, haven't you? That's why you got to play with your dad. No, 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 no. It, it isn't dad. It isn't that. Genuinely, it it, go, it is. got some windows to wipe. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, it's nine to half past five is dedicated to work. As soon as that's yeah. shut, all that time I had commuting, all that time I had to go out and come back and stuff. I've got that hour back. What am I going to do in that hour? That's productive, or that's going to get something done that I couldn't do in that time. And I keep thinking that every day. So I was like, well, I've got that time back. I'm going to make the most of it and do that. I now That's can't good. stand the thought of commuting to work because if I do it, I'm like, I've got to get up much earlier. Um, yeah. I'm going to lose more time as a result of that anyway. And I'm probably going to be less productive in the office. So exactly. you're, you're thinking from a productivity hat, which is fine. Yeah. And the use of time. I would say as a doctor in COVID, the thing that kept us all sane was that we kept going to hospital, <coughs> kept seeing people, even the patients, man. Like it's just, you see new people that come in every day. It's great banter. And it's the social element of what we do has just kept us all good. The stress has always been there, but it's been, it's been awesome. And the final thing, you know, I'd say on the ad to the end of what you're saying, that analogy about the high level milestones and tangible is the tribe, man. We didn't talk about the tribe. Like Indy, my, you know, pre-Dino, I did so much, like, in terms of personal development, right? So from what Dino said, reading the books, going to people's courses, going to Cancun, going to spiritual retreats, learning about Scientology. Like, I learned loads and loads of stuff, right? But I still didn't find the, the group of people I wanted to hang around with and have these deep conversations, right? Like, about what is self-realization? How do we go and live your best life? Where are we going to be doing these things? How can we impact this in the world? And then this dude, Morpheus, comes along, right? And now the conversations we get to have, it's, it, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's, it hasn't worn off yet, but it's just like sometimes I pinch myself. I'm like, we're on a call for like hours or we see each other and we're just talking about building out and creating these things which are going to serve the world. And it feels so right. And 
I think what the, the problem I had, and you know this actually when I met you, what did I say when the first time we spoke? I said, I don't have a methodology I believe in that will help people, but I'm good with people. And I don't have a system, you know, to deliver it. It was the marketing, that's what I said to you. And as soon as we started working together, I was like, okay, there's a methodology, here's a tribe. We know it works. Let's go and do this shit, man. Um, so tribe is big, man. And Indy, you'll know, obviously, within, you know, Sikh culture, we talk about the word Sangat, you know, you are the, Community, yeah. the birds of a feather flock together. And as soon as you start finding resonance, right? And you, like when I met Dino, I can't remember now what it was like when I first met you, but I can only remember what it's like now. And the fact that we gel so well, it just feels so normal that like you're a brother, man, like you're always going to be a brother now. Um, and I'm just so excited. And, what, and this, well, I'm, I'm just getting too emotional now, but let me move on to the next question, Dino. How do you see this work? moving forward now. You've been doing it, you've been serving people all across the world, multiple ages. We're in the realm now of taking it to some pretty high level people. I know that's what you and I are doing. Where is this going? Like, what's the next thing, man? How do we serve on a higher level? Yeah, so, have you guys watched Sea Spiracy, by the way? It's on YouTube, everyone's raving about it. Haven't seen it, this. Oh, Andy, is that some sort of joke? Why are you not, why are you not all over this, this new stuff, What is it, man? what is it? Sea Spiracy, fish, man. man. It's just, just a really well-produced documentary, actually. Don't just generally fish. just well-produced. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it's Wait, just hang a on. Was this, wasn't this on Netflix? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've heard bad things about it. <laughs> Have you really? You, you, no, no, you've oh, heard. Cool. If you watch it, you're not going to eat fish. That's what you've heard. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't eat fish anyway, so I don't give a shit, right? But um, <laughs> I heard it's really inaccurate. Oh, really? Cool. And Tell I heard it's more, been debunked, what, like, what heavily. So... I, I don't know. I need to watch it and then okay. do my research on it properly before I form an opinion because I'm like that. I, I read and hear things. I'm like, yeah, great. I need to watch it and see what it's all about. Good. This get, sounds a lot like... That remember when that, uh, that other one came out about the whole veganism? Cowspiracy. Okay, yeah. that one really triggered no, no, me. Yeah, no, 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 not, not the cowspiracy. Game changers. What the hell? Game, Game changers, yeah. That was Game it. changers. And then all these people came out saying, no, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. It's making it up really things. It really fucked and... me up, basically. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I was part of that. I was part of that vibe, yeah. I was part of that vibe. I was, I was <laughs> part of it. I was like, fuck this documentary, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not watched Game Changers, actually. But um, So, Indy, just a quick question, man. Like, Tell me a little bit how you're like resonating with with what I'm saying. Like, does what I'm saying make sense? Are you just like, who is this guy? No, it makes sense. Everything that you're saying is making like... sense because because things things are connecting in my head. I'm like, oh, okay, I get the concept of opposites. I get the concept of why people form their values in the way that they do. Um, mm. But going back to Garen's question, I think it makes. Tell me your question again, Garen. J- j- just be super clear. You have one more question. Why now? No, not but why no, now. Where, to go, go, where, where do you see this in the future? How do we impact on a higher level? Yeah, how do you impact on a higher level without? Well, I, I want to add to that without people feel like they're not without people feeling like they're not getting anything out of it, because elaborate on that. So, as in, coaches nowadays get really bad names, right? So there's there's scam yes. artists out there and people out there that that inevitably you hear coach, you're like, what does that mean? What kind yeah. of coach? Yeah. And then people yeah. will come with like this sort of face, like, okay. And then they're like a bit defensive because they're apprehensive with the bad things that they've heard, which is understandable. But how do you deal with that as well on top is what I wanted to add on. Good question. Yeah, it's a great question, man. Um, Well, so first of all, it's individual, 
So I, I would mm. want to speak to the individual and ask their individual <coughs> experience of coaching and their individual perception of view. Because what mm. they might be doing is, again, is imbibing a view of something that their mother's father's sister said to the person on the plane when they sat next to her, next to her brother's, mm. you know, like dog. So it's like, we've got to understand, is, is this coming from their heart? Do they truly believe it? And if so, where is it rooted? Uh, and then just go in and find out what it is, man. Like if it's, well, because sometimes people say to me, well, it's because I've had a coach before um, mm. and it just didn't work. I was like, okay, well, what was the coach? What happened? What did they use? What methodology did they use? And what you find out <laughs> is that a lot of the time they've just been given a list of 20 values or 100 values and then been asked, oh, yeah, so, so which one of these really jump out at you? Which ones do you think uh, are your core values? And you're like, yeah, there yeah. you is are. Some sort, is this some sort of sick joke? How Bingo. Yeah, like, well, one week I'd probably pick these three and I, the mm. next week when my wife's on my ass, like, I'd probably pick those, like, peace <laughs> and harmony <laughs> and freedom and joy. Um, and on the other half, next week, I might be having, like, compassion and benevolence. So, no, it's it's most of the opinions around coaching are founded upon a bad experience. And, and it's mm. about going into that experience and saying, that's the experience you've had and this is where I'm different. And if I'm not different, then I'd be like, mm. fair enough. I had one guy actually really recently, um, it's cool that this has happened because I can answer this question a bit better with a <laughs> real case study. So there's a guy who had tried Tony Robbins course um hmm. like live a couple of his live courses and bits of coaching as well not with tony robbins himself because otherwise he'd have to be a millionaire yep <laughs> and i was pretty i've got to say i'll be really honest with you guys i was i was a little bit intimidated because i was like well look this guy is the top of his game right there's no one higher in the, in terms of the top of his game than tony robbins PD. you could say mm. in terms of the coaching space he pretty much def like almost created this industry mm. And now this guy's saying to me, yeah, they tried to tell me where I should go and what I should do, my direction and my values. And really, I didn't resonate with any of it. And I was like, gosh, man, like, well, this is what, and I just said to him, look, this is what I do. This is my methodology um, and everything I've explained on this podcast. And fair play to the guy. He went, well, I don't have any better options and I need to change. So I'm going to go mm. with you uh, mm. and I'm going to hope that it works. And I was like, I hope it works too. <laughs> yeah. And and anyway, he's just, we just finished up and um, actually let's have a look. I wonder if I could get his um, feedback. Test testimonial? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, just as like, it's, I'll say the questions that I asked him on this feedback form and I'll give you, mm -hmm. and I'll show you the answers. Well, I could share my screen, but I'll just read them out. Hold on. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's <clears> see <throat> what he says. So the first question is, using a number from zero to 10 overall, how would you rate the UCU program experience against your expectations? He gave it a nine out of 10, which is probably the worst rating I've, I've had. And then he said <laughs> on three, he said, it says, if you, didn't, um, uh, if you didn't select 10, why not? And he said, I think another part matching potential jobs to values, et cetera, could be helpful, which is cool. I quite like that idea, but it's not part of the, the methodology. It would be an add-on where we would say, okay, um, let's look at some potential jobs, mm. then let's look at your values and let's together look at the alignment between those things. Mm. Um, and then he said, like, out of zero to 10, how do you rate the program on achieving the desired results you set out at the beginning? And he gave it 10 out of 10. Out of five stars, how do you rate your facilitator overall? Five out of five. Um, and then he just shared his challenges, which I felt completely stuck in life before I started. And now I feel I have more direction and to head in, knowing what my real values are. 
Um, and then I said, and then I said, would you recommend us to others? He said, yes, ideally should be something that 16 to 18 year olds do at school. So they know before they enter the real world, what their values are, et cetera. Yeah. I think, I, I think that's is, important, man. Yeah, man. This is something we should know early on. Um, but there's no, it's never too late. Uh, and then it just says, if you're thinking about doing the UC program, like who's considering signing up, what would you say? And he just said, do it. Um, <laughs> it's, cha it's challenging and made me really think about my life today. And it's the first time ever I came away with what my values and mission and vision is. Mm. Um, I can now assess future opportunities with that question. Will mm. this move me closer to fulfilling my values and mission or further away? So based on the fact that this guy, I clearly had some, ser like, some serious coaching like top of the game coaching and it's only going through this program where he's finally actually had the clarity that he's been looking for man that was that was some that's some validation for me i mean he's not he's like a super chill guy so it's not going to be like the most elaborate theatrical testimonial mm. but it's real it's super real and um yeah so i'm super pleased so to answer your question man i like it's individual you talk them through uh, mm. and we're not coaches we're facilitators so the methodology does a lot of the heavy lifting we're facilitators. Yeah. Uh, so we facilitate people through the methodology. Uh, so that's an important distinction. Um, and yeah, I'd recommend if anyone is thinking about getting a coach, just have that first call. Just mm. you'll get a sense and ask them, drill them in the questions. Because I say to people, just ask me as many questions as you like. I literally have got nothing to hide. So you can ask me the most horrible questions you like that you would never think to like mm. dare ask and I'll answer them because I've got nothing to hide. Um, so, Answer your question, Jazz, man. I think the reason why I asked about Seaspiracy is like, hmm. I wanted to ask you guys this. There's a two-part answer. One is around Sikh, around the Sikh culture, which I want to ask you guys about a little bit more. And the second one is there's some pretty heavy stuff going on. Um, you've got 4,000 or whatever people coming over from Morocco to Spain, right? Because they are desperate. Des so desperate that they would either they'd rather die mm. or make it to Spain because where they are is that abhorrent is, is, is there's no life for them there mm. they're literally starved to death so like so they'd rather die and, and try and make their way over to Spain than, than stay where they are we know we've got things to see if you look, watch Seaspiracy there's whether it's factual or not I don't care there's clearly some horrible things going on right in terms of animal cruelty uh, and the way that we treat each other but also the animals the sentient mm. beings right uh, and then we know we've got like you know sex slavery we've got poverty we've got like climate change we've got some pretty deep stuff going on. i don't want to bring us into a downer at the end of our mm. of the podcast but there's obviously some clearly big problems that are going on in the world so mm. what do you do like do you just kind of scroll to the next news item and carry on with your life uh, and go god that's pretty tough but then turn back and like make yourself a cup of tea and crack on with the rest of your life mm. or do you do something about it and it, it's a very difficult question to answer what do i do about this and for me there's never been a more powerful time to do this work why because i think when people come out the other side of this work they want to do something meaningful they want to do something that is um related to who they are at their deepest core and mm. they want to fix their little bit of corner of the world and i don't care whether that's you know you know like <coughs> you know for shindy it's like being a mortgage broker right now 
right? But then eventually, who knows what it might be? It doesn't matter. The point is, is that it's it's meaningful that they're making a change in the space that they want to be making a change in based mm. on the set of experiences that they've had. Mm. That are, like it's like Liam Neeson, right? Like, <laughs> like this particular set of skills that people have honed over the period of their life has enabled them to right to fight a particular fight to win a certain game. Good and luck. I think the more I think the more people that we mm. put on the track and get them playing a game that they were born to play, the more chance we have of having more intelligent minds on mm. the most important things. Prolific. The most prolific challenges. So problems. And solve the root of our most prolific challenges. Exactly. And going right back there. to the name, the name, look at the name you've given it. It's uncovering somebody's ultimate contribution, contribution. Like it, it's built into this is so you're basically trying to find people and say look you're switched on now be the lighthouse and i know meg's big on this but this whole idea of personal responsibility right that yeah. okay one man is nothing but like if all of us are doing this one thing individually yeah. then collectively exactly. big big change exactly okay. like i was just working with a muslim lady now who's going from like being a facilities manager to like helping you know going into orphans like orphan charities because she's like i've always wanted she can't have children herself so the way that okay. she's going to give back to the world is is to be you know a, like a, not a mother figure right because it's not the right thing mm. but to, to take that maternal nurturing instinct and it like impacts you know that corner of the world and it's mm. if imagine if we had like hundreds of thousands of people shifting from like from work that they don't enjoy. I'm not saying there's nothing there's nothing wrong with being a facilities manager. If that that is mm. maybe where you want to bring your energy and change mm. the facility like facility managers industry, that's cool. Go do that. I'm just saying go be who you actually want to be in the place where you actually want to be and then mm. you will impact the world in the way you were born to impact the world and you will make more of an impact in that sense. And I believe more people in that space that are alight and alive doing the things that they were put on this planet to do, the skills that they were uniquely given, the gifts that they were given aligned to their values. I think that's when our problems are going to start dissipating because there's no one single solution for climate change. There's no one single solution for all these things. It's about getting more brains, more intelligent people on on these problems and having these uh, like uh, trying to address these problems. So, um, so I think the way out is um, through different, completely different avenues. And one of the way I mm. want to talk to you guys about is the seat culture, right? Like one of the things I'm passionate okay. about <clears throat> is helping people from a religious context um, understand the gift that they were given from the God that they believe created them, right? Mm. And mm. I'm not here to be on a pedestal or say I know anything about what religion is the right religion. Okay. So I'm going to mm. preface that. And I love and respect all religions in the mm. sense that, or most of the religions, the, the majority of religions, and the, or mostly the people that are in it, because mm. they're coming from a great, most of them are coming from a great place. They come from a place of love and principles yeah. and yeah. Um, <laughs> understanding and, and, and tribe and, and like benevolence. Mm. Anyway, so with the Sikh culture, yeah. Um, is there this idea of kind of preserving the gift that you've been given that is you, that is your identity? And, and is it a way to serve your faith to know this gift that you've been given more, right? And understand it more and respect it more and justify it in a, in a way that 
sorry, no, know it in a, like learn it and learn it in a way that justifies the gift that's been given. It's sort of is a way of gratitude. Hmm, that's so big man. <laughs> within Sikhism, there are aspects of that. So the selfless service, which is seva, which is where you give back to people. So whether that's through community service, whether that's through going to the, the Sikh temple, which is a gurdwara, and just cleaning dishes or sweeping up or doing the hoover or serving people in there, that's a part of the selfless service. And so that's giving back. Um, with the identity aspects of it, that's where like wearing a turban or keeping your hair or being baptised, that makes you a very distinctive and clear figure in society. People like, they know that's a Sikh. And within Sikhism, we're obviously taught to be quite peaceful people. We're taught to be... We're, we're, we're mainly taught to explore all avenues that are all peaceful. And then if you've exhausted all those avenues and it doesn't work, then you take up arms and then you fight. So mm. that's pretty much the main gist of it. I'm not massively schooled up on Sikhism. I know some things, but Garan knows way more than I do. So Garan, anything you want to add? That was actually really apt, man. That was really succinct. Um, the word Sikh itself, Dino, means to learn. That's important. So mm. a lot of what Sikhism is built on is humility. And we've talked about this before. Sikhism accepts that actually whatever route to self-realization you choose, like Sikhism is quite open in saying that before Sikhism, people get to God, if that's your highest point. After Sikhism, people get to God. When there was no religion, people got to God or self-realization or whatever we want to call that higher power. Um, but this is offering a perspective in the time of when you know the, our, our gurus, our teachers came. This is their observation of the world and this is what they taught us. It's founded on the two principles in the mentioned one of them, which is seva, which is selfless service, in whatever form. And I think the beautiful thing we've seen is that now, so one of the big charities is Khalsa Aid, and they're, you know, they'll be at all the sort of big natural disasters. The farmers' protest is happening in India now. They're there. So it's how do we take what we can do in a Gurdwara, which could be cleaning shoes or you know, making food. Sort of, we have a free kitchen, which is part of Sikhism as well. You could go to any Gurdwara in the world, and as long as you are respectful to Sikh tradition, so you covered your head, you could eat a free meal three times a day, every single day for the rest of your life, and there'd be no charge. And that, that was a tradition started 500 years ago. And the point of that tradition was that whether you're a king or a beggar, when you come and eat the Guru's langar, the free kitchen, you sit on the same level. We are the same. Irrespective, our souls, when they depart, they will be going to the same place. They've come from the same place. Just in this life form, we're on slightly different levels in terms of you know how rich we are all that kind of stuff and then the second part not to say about the second part is simran so simran means to deeply what we'd say in western culture become mindful become present to meditate on the name of god to become so such a one and to realize that he is not there he is in here he's given us he's given every life life and as we say this is what like from my point of view this is beautiful because there's what I do as a doctor, there's what I do as UCU, there's Sikhism, there's Jordan Peterson, and they're all different narratives for similar things. We say in UCU, we don't give you anything, you uncover what's already there, right? The experience of Sikhism teaches this, you're not here to realize something you knew, you're here to realize the human life is the experience of self, to realize that you and God, there is no difference. You are the same energy, but once you can stop looking outwards and start doing this, being introspective, uh, you will then join with that. So absolutely, it does teach. 
about that if you're going to do, if you're going to contribute to the world in a big way or in a small way and say, well, then do it in such a way that hones into what you're good at. So absolutely, there is that aspect too. But are you doing the work to try and uncover that? Right, and I think that's where UCU is beautiful. I think that's yes. where the synergy is. Then actually, you're just telling yourself you're helping. You know, it's very synergistic. Uh, yeah. And I think there's definitely a lot of um, mutualism there. Awesome. And I think also to go back to one of the previous points that the know said, which is you see all the stuff that's happening in Morocco, you see the stuff that's happening in Palestine, you see the stuff that's happening everywhere, like all these issues. And it's, mm. it's, it's hard to sit there and get dragged down into all of it because you can't, you physically can't do it. Because if you do, you'll think the world is ending around you and it's horrible. Right. Everything has to be balanced. But then equally, you can't fight every fight. You can't. You can't represent everybody. You have to represent the things that are exactly. close to you and then fight your battle. And then with that, you can then maybe empower other people to do the same thing for their battle. But does it mean that you should look down on others though for doing the same? So I don't look down on people for representing Palestine and talking about it and stuff. I'd love to talk about it more, but I don't have the knowledge and understanding behind it. So I feel like if I did it, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be authentic. real with people. I feel, I feel like I'm faking it. I don't want to say authentic. No, but I was like, I feel like I'm not being honest. I feel like I'm faking it. I feel like I'm being a part of the woke community out there that maybe doesn't understand the ins and outs of it. I still don't fully grasp what happened for all this to happen. I've read about nine, ten articles, still can't fully understand it, but that's just, maybe that's me being dense. Maybe that's me thinking there's another motive behind it. So I can only get on board with stuff that I really understand and have dissected and have done research. And I'm like, okay, I'm behind it. I agree. Um, and it's, it's difficult to put that into so many words. Some people who are like, well, why aren't you just with it? why don't you believe in this, that and the other? And it's like, well, I don't want to just adhere to what other people say or think or do, because if I do, then what's the point in any of it? You've got to question things in order to understand it, right? Jordan Peterson, right? It comes back to the same thing. You know, do the ability for people to have independent, original thought and opinion <coughs> is, is so low. It's so low. And actually, when you find somebody who refreshingly, as like you said, takes the time to understand the subject area and then has a, an opinion. But that takes time, right? And it's, it it's hard for people to chisel out time and do stuff like that. Like, it's not that's easy. Personal, that's, that's personal development, isn't it? I mean, that, but yeah. obviously you don't do about everything. And the other thing I was going to say about how, how do we deal with the most prolific challenges? So Dino's got this great diagram. You know the one with the circles? Start mm. with self and then start with those around you, then start with community and then think about the world. And it's just a beautiful thing because if you start doing it at that micro level, it will compound uh, over time. And the, the envision, I know the envision that you have about taking uh, the work that we do into retreats and, you know, these big things. Like, literally, I sit there, no lie, me and Shindy, and I'm like, we're going to, like, I'm going to go to an island. I don't know where it's going to be. I keep thinking Thailand. I think that's just, it's just in my head, right? <laughs> and there's going to be this retreat and people are going to be coming and we get to talk about this stuff and teach this stuff like seven days with you guys in our tribe. Like, dude, that's heaven on earth, man. Like yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be out of this world. I think one of the beautiful things is that community aspect that we've got around it, which is, you know, is the Toledo community, is the, is the tribe and the other paths mm. of self-realization around that. And then, yeah, Safala, man, right? This, you know, this retreat um, sort of, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's so much we could continue to go into, but I appreciate you guys, like, you, you know, your time, your questions and stuff. No, I, I appreciate you giving me the space to one share. One very quick last question. Which is, why did Chindi come to you for personal coaching and why didn't she go to Garam for it? Great question. Because we riffed on this a lot afterwards, as in like many, many months down the line. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's ultimately, man, you sh 
it, when someone's too close, it's like that old saying, you know, you can't read the jar, the label of the jar when you're inside the jar. And it's like, okay. it's the same thing, man. Like it, it, if you're too close, there may be some things that the other person doesn't really want to say, <laughs> um, yeah. or you're, you're reading into some things based on preconditioning and mm. stuff like that. You're bringing a whole set of preconceptions when you're coming to those coaching calls or mm. those facilitation calls that aren't necessarily truth or going to serve that individual. Um, so mm. it is better to get an outside perspective really that doesn't know you there's nothing about you so that can look at these things clearly and as objectively as physically possible and provide you a clear mirror reflective mirror back because that's all the facilitators there to do is to say hey i saw all of these things did you and you go oh mm. wow yeah good point you connected some dots there that i haven't seen mm. and that's the other point i'd suggest though guys like the confidence man of like as you beautifully said there indy and jazz you you've spoken really beautifully as well like i think that knowing of what it is that you want to do, like what is the battle that you want to like be a part of? Yeah, what is yeah. that, like you say, your version of your battle? Um, and sometimes it's difficult to give your own opinion as well, as you said there, confidence. But when you start to look back at your life and you go, man, so many of these experiences now suddenly make sense. Like mm. there's a pattern here. I'm not a, like, I'm not so erratic in my thinking as I thought I was. I followed actually a pretty congruent pattern throughout my life. It almost gives you a sense of confidence of like, yeah, man, this is who I am. And like, it's so strange, but it gives you so much more confidence to actually stand in your truth, whether it's in a conversation about Palestine and Israel, or whether it's a conversation about Brexit, or there's a conversation about Donald Trump. Like, mm. it's strange, but it gives you that, that sense of confidence in like, that this is what I believe based on what I know and what I value. Um, and mm. you clearly value understanding and integrity. I could tell that straight off the bat, right? Because this <laughs> is one of the reasons why you want to do the podcast is to understand, but also <laughs> yeah. um, you've, you've obviously like, don't want to even share an opinion before you've fully understood it. And you've got Because I used to do that. I used to do that. And then I used to get okay. caught out and I was like, oh shit. And the person that would caught me out, catch me out, sorry, is my brother. He would catch me out all the time. He'd be like, well, that's bullshit. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's bullshit. bullshit. That's I'd bullshit. I'd be like, oh. And then he'd say like, this is, this is, this. And I'm like, okay. I, I've got two things now. I can either really dig my heels in yeah. or just say, sorry. <laughs> I always try right to dig there. my heels in. Call it and day. it would always end in carnage. And I'm like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think you all know, Andy, man. The more you know, the more you know you don't know. So I don't think you could say mm. you can have an objective truth on any of these things, even the Palestine and Israel. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but yeah, man, what's important is that, yeah, you're just trying to, you're moving towards what is your ultimate end state, man. Whatever that I is. I hope so, man. I really hope so. I hope all so, right. too. Do well, you know want to take the floor? Last, last few things. Oh. If, you, if anybody wants to reach out, wants to find out about what you do, wants to have that alignment call to really see, you know, is this work for me? How should they reach out to you? That's a great question. Um, I haven't even thought about that. I was just coming on for an organic <laughs> conversation and I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, yeah, I should probably have thought of that before I came We've got to give you a chance to plug, man. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, um, yeah, I just go to ultimatecontribution.com um, and have a sniff around and see if it's something that feels good to you, if you feel cool to do it, um, mm. and go ahead and, and press the right buttons. Um, otherwise just reach out to me on sort of my uh, my Instagram or Facebook is good 
Um, if you can remember how to spell my surname. <laughs> Someone said to me, it's like, what, if you want to go into coaching, man, you need to change your surname. I was like, what a load of... Nah. I will, I will pop it all in, um, I'll pop it all in the, in the, what's the word? Description. Description. The, um, copy. The Spotify podcast and stuff in the copy. It should be fine. Yeah, great. Cool. Go and yeah. do, you, do you want to do your questions? No, no, no. It's all no, good. why not? No. What are the questions? Would you want to know my bra size? I'm a no. 34C. <laughs> do, 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 you have a, do you have a bra size? Or? Yeah, 34C, man. Oh, I hide it well on so normally, with all guests, we tend to do quick power questions, but it's up to Karen if he wants to do it. Like, we can leave it if you want. Do you know you want to do them? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Okay. All right, all right, all right. All right. Give me a second then. Dino? Uh, not Dino. Indy, keeping Dino busy. Let me just uh, get them up one second. Wow, keep him busy, you know. Jesus. Okay, well, I've just like, got to say, by the way, I'm like, I'm like Steam. I feel like I'm Steam. Bingo round. I, I lost bingo, so that's that. I heavily I avoided the hold up. hold up. I heavily avoided it. And you didn't say no what it is either. Yeah. So I don't feel like that bingo is you you, you did well. Well done, mate. I feel like I feel like Garen chose the wrong phrases. <laughs> he doesn't pay attention enough to what I say, which is fine. It's fine. <laughs> I actually think you you chose Well uh, um I just love to know, man, Indy. Like, what, what, what have you found interesting? Like, what, what do you do? You find this topic interesting in terms of like who we are, where we're heading, like those bigger questions. Do you ask yourself that question? Is that something I ask myself that question? But then sometimes I think, like, at the end of it, if you die, is it lights out, or is it just there's a higher thing you go towards, or you're judged on things? Like, I don't know what the answer to that is, and I'm like, well, you kind of live your life in that sort of fear or in that knowledge don't you so you think well later um when i pass am i going to be judging the things that i've done right in life and i i think i am so therefore i'm like okay well by thinking that i'm then implored to want to do good so that not that i'm you know kissing up someone but just so at the end of it i can feel like i have been a good person and it's been a life full of fulfillment nice so that's so it sounds like that's you're what i to think about so it sounds like you're coming from a place of like, um, I guess there's an element of judgment there of like, there's going to be a judgment yeah. day and ultimately yeah. I'm living under this, that sort of slightly more tyrannical view. If you looked at like the two different spectrums, one would be the tyrannical sort of like, there's a judgment day coming, so I better be a good boy. And then on, yeah. the, on the other side, there might be like a, well, whether there's a judgment day or not, I want to live the life to the, my life to the fullest. And yeah. I'm going to be the best person I can be because I believe that that's the right thing to do, regardless of judgment. Um, yeah. Where where do you sit within that spectrum? I think I'm I'm very close to the one of being like just be a good person regardless. Um, but the, but the, this is why sometimes even though I might come across as a brash person, that those closest to me know that I have a massive soft spot for those that are really in my circle. So people can cross me a lot and they can get away with a lot more than potentially they would with other people, with other friends, because I, I tend to forgive very easily. Right. So it's, it's one of those where like, you wouldn't think that if you knew me, but if you, now that you know me and people know that they're like, Oh, okay. I wouldn't have associated that. I wouldn't have associated that attribute with them or that characteristic. Got it. Got it. Mm. Saving yourself for those closest to you. Are Literally we that. ready? Awesome, right, do you right, know? So on, quick, now I want to be in Indy's golden circle. circle? <laughs> like I can call him a dickhead and he's fine. With it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. I've been like, yeah, Listen. I accept it. I am. I'm what? Right? You, kn- you know when awesome. you've made it into the circle, 
when he offers you the drill. Oh yeah, says, that's it. Can I give you yeah. the drill and say sort me out one time? You know, you just, the awkward just... angle. That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay, cool. There is another show I'd recommend. I know you talk about Sea Conspiracy. Uh, do you know? Yeah. But if you really want to get inside what Indies really like, there's a program called Bikram Hot Yoga. You check that out, okay? You, Don't you watch that. that. Don't so watch that. So Indie Stag in August this year. We're going to get him wearing these black little Speedos, oiled up, right? If you watch the program, nice. it will make sense too. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me oiled up, man. Jesus. Getting you all away. We're going we're gonna to tie you down and just... Garen, this sounds dodgy, man. You're tying me up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're tying you up, man, because you're the hot yoga guy, okay? That's it. <laughs> yeah, do a downward dog now. <laughs> now. Oh, man. Yeah. Right, my right, friends. Hot so, fire so, first thing that pops in your head, don't think too much. Oh, God, it's like coming up to half ten, which is like witching out for me. You're going to get some really <laughs> awkward answers now. Right. Let's go. <laughs> right then. So, genie of the lamp grants you three wishes. What are they? Go. I've always said this, man. I, I more wishes. Um, no, no, come on, you know oh, the rule. Man. It's like an Aladdin. You can't have, can't have more wishes. Oh, man, but I just don't know why they wouldn't ask for more. It blows my mind. <laughs> why would you not ask for more? All right. Anyway, okay. So three um, <coughs> for my for my vision to become a reality. One hundred percent. And then. Oh man, that's so good. I'd never thought. Okay, yeah. So my vision to become reality, and then immediately my my mind's going to my family. So for my for my family to be to have their whatever their vision is in life to become a reality, mm-hmm. um, and then no typing, Darren. <laughs> we spoke about this. You know, you know why I'm I'm buying you time here. This guy was typing in last week's episode and I heard it and I was like, I'm going to beat you the next time you type because it goes right into the microphone. Is that the note taking you supreme? Literally, literally, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah, and the last one is um, to see Indy do hot yoga. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We will make this happen. (laughs) Whilst Jazz is singing. Well, Jazz is singing. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll take it. I'll oh, take it. Oh, happy days. That's it. That's what we're going to say. That's what we're going to did yoga. When Indy did yoga. That's going to be the song, right? Okay. All right, awesome. So, favorite place in the world? Greece. Okay. Is that more specific? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no. no, no. Well, you, you can tell us, but we won't know what it, what it is. Tell, tell us where specifically in, in, in There's Greece. a beautiful place called Pilos in Greece, Pilos. which is the last um, last family holiday I went on, where it was just us four, nuclear family, beautiful beach, okay. just the locals. Yeah. Nice. yeah. yeah. Is, is, dad, is dad from there? Or? Uh, no, it was closer to where my mum was from. But yeah, uh, it's just because okay. my mum was okay. obviously there and yeah, we got to enjoy it. Just one that sort of last proper family holiday, yeah. Mm. Nice. Okay. Beautiful place. Beautiful food. We'll have well, that's the place for the retreat then, I think, maybe. Sort out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they right, won't so. be ready for us. <laughs> Ribena or squash? What's the difference? Dude, what the hell's wrong with you, man? One's like a red colour, one's like a yellow colour. They're not the same oh, thing. Would you guys call squash? Would you guys call squ- I'd call Ribena squash as well. Like this is where we're getting Oh my god, you've you've just cha- you've changed so the question. The now. orange one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want the red one or the orange one? Orange or red? (laughs) (laughs) They did come up in my masters, all right? They didn't talk about fucking squash. (laughs) 
I'm actually a dumbass dead, like down to the ground. All right, so Ribena and Squash. Uh, squash all day. Okay. Okay. Jordan or LeBron? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. oh, India, I didn't tell Jordan. you he's a big basketball fan. Yeah, Jordan, yeah? yeah? Quick, yeah, quick yeah, side thing yeah, here. Nice. You played basketball for a number of years. Dino, uh, Dino's dad is still a basketball coach, right? Uh, what oh, position did you? Yeah, yeah. What position did you play in basketball, Dino? Uh, me, I, I played several. But shooting guard was probably my favorite. But yeah, you guys uh, should yeah. talk offline because he loves basketball. Um, oh, do you? Where did you play? Uh, so I was. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? I didn't play in the NBA or any of that shit. I played at school, but I was like, a, I, I was like a power assume, forward because mate, I was like, I love how you had to qualify. You? I didn't play in the NBA. It's if like I didn't. As if like, like, where did you play? And I was like, yo, like, yo, this is like a big stadium, Jordan. I was there. I wish, I wish I made it. You know, like I broke my ankle dancing during Bangra, and then I couldn't make it in the NBA. No, so. I used to play the four, but this is back in school where like everyone was like a little bit shorter than me, which mm. means I would never have qualified for the four. I should have been like a point guard, really, but I was right. never as quick enough, so it wouldn't have worked. But well, like I, I quickly realised I was better at analysing the game and understanding it and watching it than playing it. So I was mm. like, yeah, okay, cool. Phil Jackson. <laughs> okay, That's what we're saying right here, huh? Nah, yeah, Phil, nah Phil was a lethal player still. Okay, I'm trying to give you time. Don't underestimate Right, so you didn't answer the question, did you? So, or did you answer the question? I did, I said Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you said Jordan? Yeah. Oh, okay, good man. Yes, it's all about Jordan, isn't it? Right, purpose or direction? Mm. Purpose. Perfect. Oh. Oh. I, I don't know, because I'd probably I, say... I, I think you picked one of the other paths there. Yeah? You're not being like, consistent. Yeah, you know, well, purpose either. gives you, uh, gives yeah. you direction. Direction, yeah. <laughs> What's direction without purpose? And that's what this is all about, man. It's not direction. Just answer direction. the question, man. Sorry, purpose. <laughs> purpose. Okay, one word that describes mindfulness. Presence. Okay. Corn or tofu? Tofu. Okay. Feeding your kids or changing your kids? <laughs> Why is anyone going to change it? You go wiping the ass rather than like feeding a child. I'm gonna go feeding. It depends, really it depends right? No, no, I can see why. Because if you got a fussy eater, you'd rather change him than feed him. He's just oh, in and out, in and out, bam, bam. It's always the same. Well, this is this is two guys who don't have kids. You know, it's all the same. I, was say, well, I would think it's always the same unless it's a different color and the stench and the and the what's the word? How solid it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, mate, Poonami. The solidity, that's this it. word ringing in your ear. Poonami. Right? And then, then come and tell me that they're the same. Poonami. That, sounds, that sounds like something else, man, but we won't mention that. Um, <laughs> spell the word divine. <laughs> D-I-V-I-N-E. Or as I was spelling it before, D-E-V-I-N-E. I told you. I, 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 I generally thought there was like some hidden meaning there was a message there for me or something and you were spelling it with an E I thought there was like a, a deep connection but then you kept doing it and I was like maybe, maybe I should just check with him I, I, I don't know so uh, right okay it's, uh, it's my dyslexia 100% yeah biggest thing you've learned from your kids oh that's a good one that's a good one can I just say Darren if you get any closer to the camera brother you're going to come into the screen man sit back I quite so, like it actually it's the first time I've ever seen it it's, it's intense I feel like I'm talking to you right here 
Like, tell me, Dino, biggest thing you've learned. Like, it's weird. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Yeah, wait, what was the question? Biggest thing you Biggest... learned from your kids. Yeah, it was that. I said it, patience. Yeah, patience. Patience. patience yeah. Okay, and final question. Biggest thing you've learned from your wife? Patience. <laughs> no, you can't say that, sir. All right, uh, biggest thing I learned from my wife is... Um, living in the moment. Mm, okay, that's bad. Good one. There's a man who talks from experience. Without Excellent. Well, wow. care in the world for anything in the future. <laughs> there, there's, you know, it's benefits to that. Absolutely. Well, my friend, it's been a pleasure and an honour, as always. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Indy. Yeah, man. This is a really true, good one. I really enjoyed you, it. You're thank truly you. in the presence of greatness. And I don't say that lightly. I've been around a lot of cool guys, but this is... This is the top, right? This is the top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, both of you are greatness, right? But, so, okay, cool. I get it. Thanks for joining us, Dino. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, if you made it this far, please drop us a message and let us know your thoughts. If this resonated with you, hit that little share button on Spotify. I know you're all listening on there. And <laughs> just share it to a friend and just let them know that you you were sent here by this great episode and you had, like, a bunch of laughs and you learned some new shit because I definitely did. Cool. Thanks, guys. Take care. Talk to you Bye. soon. Thanks for having me, guys. See ya. Bye-bye.